Bearcat Bounce Podcast. Back at it again. It's always beautiful Monday. Beautiful Monday night. Beautiful winning Monday night. That means there's no greater time, no better chance to hop in, enjoy a little bit of Bearcat talk, rehashing yet another victory. It was a 31-21 brawl, if you will, over that team down there in Oklahoma. Tulsa, Oklahoma, that is. We're going to dive all the way into that. But it, without further ado, I'm going to welcome in two guys, my pals, my my friends, my uh, my good dudes who know how to talk about the brawl that took place in Tulsa. None other than Mr. Aaron Smith and Chad Brendel. Gentlemen, how are we? Doing I'm all right. That's, that's the best I got for you today, brother. I am here. Here. Here is here's in the clear in my eyes, so that works. Aaron, you're doing all right? I'm doing all right, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, then now we got to say it. Mr. Ryan Royer, Ryan, my friend, my comrade will give it to you as well. I've never met you in real life, but uh, hopefully it happens soon. Uh, without further ado, Ryan Royer, how are we? Doing great. Let's meet up at uh, homecoming. Come down to the game. I'll be there. Maybe a little hug, maybe a little kiss. I don't know. I give him a hug. <laughs> Usually the sus comes out about 9.45, but <laughs> we'll have to see if you're lucky. Come yeah, uh, Saturday right. <laughs> around uh, 6.30, maybe 7 o'clock. We'll see what I'm happens. Ready. But, uh, you know, I'll tell you what. There's a lot of things that were broken on uh, Saturday night, since past Saturday night. And I don't know if it's all uh, what was on the field. Some, some some crazy shenanigans going on off it. and Who knows? Maybe some, some cars were demolish in the process if your car was one of those cars and you live in cincinnati you can head over to danco transmissions go ahead and get it checked out get it fixed up get 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 an oil change if you need to by the way danco transmission and auto care danco joe we love you mention the bearcats mention chad aaron ryan and in our future hug mention that get ten dollars off <laughs> your uh your next oil change ten percent off your next fixing so without further ado guys Man, Saturday night happened. Uh, I, I got a question first. Yeah. Um, first time, and we've been in a lot of hospitals. Yeah. But for the for the first time uh, today, I walk into Kelly's new hospital room, and she's got a mini fridge. Oh. Like a good sized mini fridge in her hospital room. Okay. I, I gotta fill that thing with beer, right? It's like, got bev bevies in there. I think anything they told goes, us, they, right? they told us we're probably gonna be in there for a couple days. Did they say so, anything goes? It's, it's your fridge. Use it as well. You want? I think, yeah. I mean, it's our fridge. It's her fridge. Better we be. Can do, we can do with it as we please. I think the problem is going to be getting it past the security guard at the front desk. So do I oh, load up on. a backpack? Oh yeah, come on, freshman year yeah. college. Get the natty light in the backpack. Yeah, nice yep. natty rack. Sneak it right past the RA. Come on, man. Or just like Calhoun or, Hall. Yeah, or Camel you can pack. go go the uh, typical. I, I don't know if you've seen the viral video going on out there. There, there was a fan at an Alabama game. He uh, snuck in an entire half gallon of Tito's in his pants, and it just looked like he had a, a rather, you know, handsome package, if you will. So, uh, you know, it, it just maybe that's that's worth a try. I used to do that back in the day. Yeah, but I mean, that's, that's simple crosses, stuff. You know? Like, you don't need a fridge for that. You just need some ice. True, true. I'm okay. talking about filling this fridge. Some beer. Well, I, well, yeah. You know. And then, and then there was the cleaning lady. I told her of my grand plan, and she's like, "You gonna bring some tequila and some Mad Dog?" 
I was oh, like, whoa, what kind of party are we trying to have here, lady? Falling she on a like, budget. I, she's like, if we, if we trying to party, we're trying to party. I was like, all right, damn. Say, so get a bottle of Mad Dog at the UDF around the corner. Wow. Hugs, maybe kisses, Mad Dog, <laughs> unit. I, I I mean, we've we've already filled you all up in the first four minutes and 20 seconds. We haven't really... With the mini fridge, maybe we'll tailgate in Kelly's room. You can see campus. I almost took a picture of it today. She's got a gorgeous view of campus right outside okay. her uh, window on the 14th floor at Good Sam, which is, you know, right there around the corner. You can you overlook the whole thing. I was like, this, this is kind of a, it's like a, it's a double room. It used to be, you know, they used to use those double rooms where you'd have like just a curtain yeah. that separates. Those were miserable. They don't do that anymore. So now she's just, she's got like a suite. Like you could fit a cot in there, I'm pretty sure, or like one of those beanbag beds. Um, okay. <laughs> Edward Forty. Can you imagine Chad playing Edward Forty Hands? <laughs> Only one way to find out. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I think maybe we just tailgate in Kelly's room. It's a possibility. Yeah. It's right possibility. there. Possibility works out. <laughs> so all right, what? carry on. Edward Forty Hands. I, we all might have wanted wanted to be playing. Edward Forty Hands while watching what was taking place in Tulsa on uh, Saturday night, uh, and and to add on, I I also got a child this this weekend, so uh, you know it's just another thing added on top of that. So man, it was a full house at the place. You had a, a child this weekend. Yeah, well, it's it it's got four legs and and you know uh, quietly barks. Okay. So, but uh, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, I was like. Isn't this something over the past nine months? Maybe you wanted to tell us. <laughs> I like to I like to keep it quiet here on the pod. But without further ado, we've got to mention the the game on on Saturday night. We're going to dive into it in it in its entirety. But a few days have passed. At, at about this time, two nights ago, I believe there was already a couple of personal foul penalties thrown. A couple of uh, after the the whistle hits being displayed on both sides of the football. I, I, I just got to open it up, open forum to you guys. Now that everything is settled down, what's what's your main takeaway from that 31-21, somewhat of a beautiful debacle that happened down there in Tulsa? Start with Aaron. Aaron, we'll, yeah. we'll go. We'll you're directing the show here. You're the point guard. We got to know who you're passing you just, to. Sometimes you throw a no look, and the and the playmakers got to make it happen. Sometimes no looks are not the pass you want to throw. <laughs> Good players catch no looks, but Aaron, go ahead. Um, it was it was a physical game. I feel like the refs let it get out of control, um, largely in the first half, and then in the second half decided, oh, we're going to try and control this game, and then flags were flying everywhere even more so than they were in the first half. Um, but it was what we're, we've grown accustomed to down in Tulsa, at home against Tulsa, where it's going to be an ugly physical matchup between two teams that genuinely don't like each other. And that that did that delivered, for sure. Ryan, is that a sense that you got that Tulsa is just kind of hate Cincinnati, if, for lack yeah. of better phrases? <clears throat> And we kind of found that out um, really that uh, 2020 AAC championship game. We're like, wow, these guys just for some reason hate our asses. And they came out and they played dirty. And we we're like, all right, like we got to respond. And so we had that in our mind last year. 
same affair, just dirty. You know, they, they'll do anything they can. They'll push, they'll push it to the limits, whether it be on blocking after the whistle. And you saw it again last night, like two teams that don't like each other that are just responding to dirty ass play. And I don't know. It's just, it's just Tulsa. It's literally just, it's just like an unspoken thing at this point. It's like, we knew they were going to be like that. It's exactly what they did. And I'm just glad, uh, we won, but I really wanted it to be a, an ass whooping. I wanted it to be a 30 point ass whooping so bad because every year it's like, we could have did that to them and just, they just came out and just punched us in the mouth. And I, I wanted us to go out there and do that, but a win's a win. We're out of that shithole and we're back in Cincy. <laughs> I, I have to ask, how how much did you enjoy seeing number forty seven for them, the tight end, who was the one that's that's the dirtiest of them all? Yes, yes. Be the is. guy that, that blew doubt. the game. Be the guy that blew the game as Ivan broke up that pass in the end zone. I'll say his name, Ethan Hall. There you go. Yeah, I mean he's been like the biggest prick at like just the worst. Just yeah. I don't think you understand. Like this. How guy, do you really feel? How do you really this feel? guy How do you really feel? I mean, he not that he had like a target on him in terms of we were trying to go hurt him, but like we knew where he was at all times because we're like, all right, you got to be watch out for this guy. He might try to blow your kneecaps out or he yeah. might try to like tackle you. And it's just it's just good. It's good to see a little justice done, a little karma. But, you know, I mean, I he, the guy plays hard. He, he does. I respect that. But I think he's got to play a little cleaner. And maybe he wouldn't have so many guys gunning for him. Well, yeah. Well, one of the plays where it was offsetting personal foul penalties, he was. If you watch the replay, he's on top of Brian Threats, and yep. he thro- he throws a complete bow into his face. And yeah, it's just like it's like, man, I, whatever happens in the pile happens in the pile. I think that's kind of an unwritten rule in football. But when it's open like that, that's that's a next level kind of dirty uh, player. Yeah, we don't. That's you don't play the game like that, even in, in yeah. the pile. I'm, yeah. I'm sure you've seen the videos of that Clemson guy. He liked to grab and put his hands yeah. in places that he wasn't supposed to. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> that's more on the funny side of things. <laughs> I never did that myself. I'm not too interested in Never that. gave anybody an oil check? <laughs> <laughs> no. The Urban Meyer? But that, that's just straight dirty. Old Urban Meyer. That's dirty what he did to threats. That's, that, that, you, you can't have that in the game. And I'm glad he got caught, but. You know, somehow threats got a flag too. So, just glad we don't have to see that that guy anymore. Yeah, it's, don't uh, play him ever again, right? Ever, ever, never. never. If they schedule for a bowl, like if somehow, like they come up as a, a Big Twelve opponent in a bowl game, you just nah, we're good this year. <laughs> and take the year well, off. Well, the thing is, you you re-listen to. I mean, I listened to a couple of their player press conferences after the game. They're like, you know, we're just excited for the opportunity to potentially play Cincinnati again at the end of the year. So yeah. they already have their sights on the potential AAC championship game coming back to uh, Cincinnati and playing the Bearcats again. I, I mean, I, I tell you what, it's a, it's a game like you mentioned, felt like it could have had the chance to blow out because it really did a, a few times. Uh, you know, you talk about the, the Tyler Scott score that was removed, which which I don't know how you can really overturn that. It looked like he kind of kind of had it and didn't see much movement of the ball on all the angles that they showed. Although the camera angles were 
always sparse and maybe they had a few that we didn't even see, but uh, you know, he had that removed and then Josh Wiley had his touchdown removed later on. And then the missed field goal that, that would have made the score 21 to seven or even 17 to seven with the made field goal. And then maybe things start to feel a little different, but you know, it just, it, it seemed like there was a couple of times where they could have stretched the game out and either Tulsa was there for the call or, it was a miss, miss field goal or a, a t- touchdown catch that was literally a foot out of bounds or maybe, you know, one that was bobbled in the end zone. It just seemed as if they were one step away or one tiny inch away in game of inches in football. Yeah, 100%. I mean, if you just look at what it was like last year, the near heart attack that almost happened uh, with that game, they just – they hang around. They're a tough football team. They're well – they're – I don't know if I could call them super well coached because for some reason they love to play a little bit dirtier. They love to, they love to hold on offense. I don't know how good a coaching that is, but they play hard. Yeah. They play hard. They play physical and any team that does that, they're going to stick around and we give them opportunities. We're doing them favors by, you know, that same thing we're talking about that complimentary football defense comes out firing offense does a little well, then we miss a field goal. And it's really big being able to, like, if all three click, all three are clicking right from the jump, like, that's huge for momentum. That's huge for being able to put put distance between the team like we did with Indiana. And a lot of teams are going to fold, but credit to Tulsa. They, they hang in there. They're tough. They hate us. They want to be in every game with us. They want to beat us. But, you know, it's good to just win. But still, I just wanted it to be an ass whooping so bad. It was there. It was It was close. But it's another chance to learn, get better. Do you guys think when you saw and when the team saw Davis Brent head out there on the uh, first team offense and he kind of limped out there to begin the game, do you think that kind of lit a little fire in, in the defensive line and the and the linebackers kind of knowing, hey, he's out there, that's their gunslinger. We know we're going to have a chance to really, really get after him in the backfield because he's not going to be as, as mobile as – I mean, he was literally a statue in the pocket. Yeah, he got they, – they certainly got after him, and he had very little time back there. I mean, I think 11 sacks was, what, tied for the lead or something thereabouts uh, for this season in NCAA football. I think it was – Definitely up there. Yeah, I think it is the lead. I think it's like since 2006 or something. Yeah. It was the most – tied for the most. Ryan, we talked about this a little bit coming into the season, uh, and we've, we've touched on it some on, on these shows, but was was that the perfect example of, you know, everybody wondered, what's Cincinnati going to do, do to replace Majek? What, what are they going to do to replace that speed coming off the edge? And we thought the answer was going to be Jawan Briggs, the nose tackle position, collapsing the pocket. And it felt like that was the impetus for almost every one of those sacks is he had nowhere to, to step up and the ends are crashing in and he doesn't have anywhere to go to, to let the, the rush go by him. They're doing it with power. Yeah, and 100%. The, like last year, I think everybody wondered why aren't we getting home? Because there weren't a lot of sacks last year or at least maybe not as many as people thought with how good that defensive line was. They were getting a lot of pressure, but they weren't getting home. What are you seeing in terms of why this team, 
They're number one in the country in sacks. How are they getting home without their best pass? One of their best pass rushers in, in two decades goes to the NFL, and they're better. What are you seeing? So when you have that power attack, and if you look across the board, all what you got, uh, Juwan, uh, Juwan, Noah Potter, Corleone, um, Jabari, Phillips, Jabari, Jabari, yeah, Justin those Hyde. guys, those guys are all, yeah, they all have great power moves. They're all physical, like press the point of attack, hands on, hands up high, drive the guy right in the quarterback. Whereas like, and you got those big guys in the in the middle being able to demand double teams. So these guys can't go, they can't chip and then go help out with the with their um the ends with their tackle buddies. They can't do that. So being able to just compress and squeeze the pocket, whereas like last year, sometimes you just have Myjay who could just beat you with speed. And sometimes that tackle might be able to just all right, push you right by and he might get he'll be able to get help from um from his guard and he knows he has that inside help. So he can set even faster. And now when you just got three guys who can just dominate, I mean, we got guys who can dominate double teams. I mean, look, Corleone's living in the backfield Briggs living in the backfield guard and center on him, like getting like two, three yard penetration. Like that's huge. I mean that if you can utilize your power moves and you got every guy out there, all three of them can beat double teams and can compress the pocket. That's, that's just going to lead to sacks. That's sack city. I think it's better than speed. It's some, it's sometimes you can make that argument because you can just compress and there's nowhere to go. Well, in the rotation at this point is what, like seven guys, eight guys deep when you oh, include yeah. uh Duvernay and um, um, Damo coming back. So, I mean, I, think of how fresh the legs are by comparison with the offensive line. When you have guys rotating in like every series or however often they're, they're subbing in at this point and, Again, just with the power, and you, you almost feel bad for the offensive line because by the fourth quarter, they're dog tired. Yeah, a hundred percent. And Tulsa, they they make their money with that, with like like aggressive, like guys who they're maulers. They're big. They're that's their style. That's how they played us every year, and just shows how much more dominant we are in that power rush that we're going up against one of the best mauling. O lines, that's their bread and butter. That's what they they live on, and we're just absolutely destroying them. And had one of the most successful pass rush days in recent history. Let's let's run some numbers by you, Ryan. And and this is a defense that was supposed to fall off significantly, right? They they lost lost too many guys, too 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 much talent going to the NFL. And by the way, talent going to the NFL and playing really well. Yeah, in our rookie seasons. Brian Cook with a big play last night. Kobe had a big play yesterday. Uh, Sauce had nine targets and or, or seven targets and gave up nine yards. Uh, he's playing like but, a he's playing like an all pro. He, yeah, he's didn't miss a, he's beat. a top five corner in the league immediately. Yeah, uh, we I just told you where they were in sacks. Uh, 23 sacks first in the country. Where do you think they are in tackles for loss in the country? They have 50. Top five, number one. <laughs> We go. Yards per carry allowed. This is a, a defense. The three three five can't stop the run, right? Some would say that's, that's the knock. Uh, Two point three nine yards per carry. Where do you think that is in the country? Third. Third. You are exactly right. That's a hell of a guess. Uh, opponents completion percentage fifty point six percent. Number five in the country. 
Opponents quarterback rating, 106.83, 13th in the country. Uh, and yards per attempt, 5.9, 17th in the country. The demise of the Cincinnati defense was greatly exaggerated. <laughs> what yes. are you seeing from Tressel? Because it, it, he seems like, are they letting Ivan Pace just go? Like, do you see the one where he turned around like he was going to run backwards and then he turned back around, sprinted after the, like, he's just, like, he's playing pickup ball at middle linebacker. It's crazy. Yeah, like, a lot of, we will set up a lot of rush packages to be able to we individualize certain guys that we think we want to get one-on-ones with. We want to get uh, misdirections. And, like, like we did that a lot for Maje last year. We did that a lot for Beavers Sometimes Joel too, towards the end of the year with his recent pass rush, with his pass rush success, and a guy like Ivan who's just balling on a whole different level. I mean, they're just gonna they're gonna tee it off. And Coach Tressel, Coach Hitchler, um, well, Scruggs well, it was Scruggs last year, but he's not there. But they they yeah. did a great. Coach Fickle is heavily involved in just very creative D line stunts, very creative rushing patterns, unique, exotic rush packages that really just can confuse the O-line. And even sometimes it's just we don't even need to confuse them. We just need to get one-on-one. And the way all of our guys have been playing, it's just if anyone's one-on-one, like we're we're winning. We're winning that one. That's how that's how good this defense is. It's deep. It just shows how well coached it is because yeah, we coached all those guys up to go to the NFL and but every, there's a whole another group of guys who are getting that all that coaching too. They they might just not be the ones out there with all the reps on Saturday. But all those guys that you're seeing succeed right now, they were they got their asses coached off. They worked their asses off, and this is exactly what you'd expect. And I'm not surprised. I'm super happy for them too. Like so so excited because everyone wanted to count the defense out. Say we lost too many guys, and it just shows you just how how much they improved, how good they're playing just as a team too. Everyone's stepping up. I love it. So they're only going to get better too. So it's going to be a lot of content. And then they survived last year. Freeman left and that was supposed to hurt them, but they survived last year because that was all his guys. Da-da-da-da-da. Tressel's putting his mark on this thing. And you mentioned Scrubs. Walt Stewart, man. Walt yeah. deserves – a, a ton of credit because that defensive yeah. line looks as good Definitely. as it's ever looked right now. I've never got to meet Coach Stewart because um, he got there. I, yeah, I wish I could. He He's obviously him. doing great things. But I'll tell you what, uh, even though Freeman left, like people need to understand how much Coach Fickle is involved yes. with the defense. Like he – it. You know, some head coaches, they, they like to like be like a manager, sit back and kind of – Coach Fickle is – a defensive coordinator slash head head coach. Not to take anything away from Tressel and even Coach Hitchler. Sure. Like coach, sure. Yeah. Coach Fickle is all over that. And he was all over it when Freeman was here. That's why you're not going to see a drop off. And bringing in Tressel, new, refreshing, very, very intelligent football coach, great football mind. Coach Hitchler, very, very intelligent football coach. Just having, along with Coach Fickle, having everyone being able to collaborate. I mean, you're just seeing, like, it's clicking, it's working. It's a great staff, and they're doing great things. I don't think it's coincidence if you're an Ohio State fan to wonder, like, 
maybe why the Ohio State defense has gone downhill over the last six years. There's one reason. The, the guy that was that was running it, the mastermind, packed up and moved to Clifton, and they've been searching ever since to get that defense on the right track. There's, there's a lot of uh, things that point to how good he has been as a defensive mind for two-plus decades. There's yeah. a reason Urban Meyer – kept him he cleaned house when he came in luke fickle was the only guy that stayed yeah 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 well and then you can also make the argument there that their offense has just become more high powered so the defense is on the field more but you see the same thing happening with cincinnati this year where the offense is on the field sparingly whether it be the big splash plays that they have or whether it be you know difficulties and three and outs and whatnot the defense is out there when they are like we're saying we're they're performing at the highest of levels I mean, it's a it, it's yeah. They played two impressive. games last week. Basically, they played two games last week versus Indiana. Twenty-four points. Come right back. Gets a really physical Tulsa team and played some of the best. I mean, just rushing defense, probably the best rushing I've seen in my five year in my five years there, hands down. And yeah, it's, it's impressive. It need, it needs to be celebrated. It needs to be noticed. Do you think a lot of that has to do with with how immobile Bryn was how that how they the strength and the bull rushing techniques of the offensive line just really collapses the pocket and he has nowhere to flush out because he can't walk a of all and then b of all it's just a lot of people with strength getting after the quarterback i, I mean it, it seems as if when it's more of a mobile quarterback that might run into where you do need ivan and and, and wilson huber kind of rushing a little bit more yeah, there, there's an argument there, and we're we're gonna have mobile quarterbacks we're gonna play this year, and we could put that to the test. But I, I don't think it has as much of effect as some may try to argue. Like, mm. there, you know, we the defense, we know, like if he's in there, we we know how we want to attack him. We game planned it, and we succeeded for a reason. And we're gonna do certain rushes, gonna have certain spies, what like different guys on the quarterback, and try to create different rush lanes for different quarterbacks. And that's, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that's what they did for Bren because there's, they're all smart coaches and they know what they're doing. So we'll see later on versus mobile quarterbacks too, but I think they're not going to have any problems. Now uh, let's, let's take a look at kind of more individual defense as, as we've mentioned throughout uh, Ivan Pace kind of dominates the headlines, but I thought I think we started to see a little bit of the of the old Deshaun Pace from last season. He was kind of flying all over the field, making big plays. Had that pick six where finally he finally was able to get <laughs> in the end zone. You saw he was kind of. I feel like he got a little nervous when he got within five yards. And He's he like, "Oh like, my god, I've like, never seen this before." Exactly. So he dove what is in. this? Right. Where's the end zone? Oh, there it is. But no, he <laughs> dove in, scored, had a big sack on the next set of downs. It looked like it was getting ready to be kind of his. His coming out party again this season. He's been really solid, but not really the the dominant player that he was last season, st statistically, if you will. But still, it, it seems as if all these players, like you said, are developing, getting better week in and week out. Especially Brian Threats is the name I wanted to bring up. Yes, he got you know ejected for the targeting call, and you can look into that highlight and that replay any way you want to. But bullshit. Yeah. It does. I think it, they need yeah. to get rid of that rule. Just flag them. If anything, yeah. kick. If if anything, like give him like a half a game, half a game suspension. If he does it twice, like I'm gonna, there's I'm no. Play, 
devil's advocate here. Like, I think the only issue that I had with that play in at all, I guess, is just the fact that he, it didn't seem he was making a play on the ball, but rather the play solely on the player. And when leading with the crown in that particular instance, I think that's where you can make an argument. That saying that said, I don't know that I necessarily agree with the call that was made, but I think that you he didn't hit him with his helmet. I understand, but you the kind crown of crown doesn't matter. He didn't hit him with it. You just put yourself in that position when you're doing that, though. Is that's the only issue that I saw with the play. I agree. It should be penalized to discourage it, but I think you're like just not letting like the like you gotta remember, like these guys, we we get what 12 guaranteed chances to play this game. And right. if only you if you got if we had a camera going around all offseason, all the shit we have to do, and everyone across the country like is working their ass off and to, to penalize these guys with like a suspension, I think is I think it's I think it's a little over the top. I think penalize maybe on a second offense, then it's like okay, this guy's a, a danger to other players. It wasn't just a fluke. Then you could talk about you know, all right, you can't play the next game. But I think they need to get rid of that. I I don't think it does anybody any good. To Fair answer enough. the question, uh, threats because it happened in the second half, he will miss the first half of the USF game. But Ryan's boy Dingle got in, and he was able to make some plays. Had a little bit of a Dumbo P.I., but I could say that about him. He's my boy. He'll he'll agree with me. But that was a Dumbo, <laughs> like, random just throw the ball up. And hopefully something He got confused. Yeah. He can't hear out of his left ear. He probably thought oh. that something was ah. going on. I don't know. <laughs> did, did a fan get him? <laughs> no, he was born that way. Oh, God's blessing. <laughs> kind of like like Donald Little, old uh, old basketball player. We heard that from from Steve Logan told us that. So yeah, it, him and him and Donald Little have a little bit in common. But no, nah, yeah. Brian threats though. He it does seem like he's starting to play without thinking. He's flying all over the field. Uh, he's a like playmaker, he's, man. Yeah, he's yep. he's showing that he can make plays, and he's got that edge to him. It, it, it seems like you know Fickle loves the guys that have that edge to him. You know that. Not necessarily toe the line, but they'll they're gonna go out there and and make all the plays and and sometimes you get put in situations where you're frustrating the other team and they kind of target you as we saw 47 of of uh, Tulsa kind of targeted threats on that one play. But so it it you see all this development as you mentioned and I don't know it just seems as if the team is cohesively coming together. Defensive line has so much positivity behind them. I. It's it's stacking up there with some of the greatest defenses that Cincinnati has had within the past few years and throughout program history. Um, obviously, last year had all the the flashy names and whatnot, but statistically, we're going to look back at this year, and they're going to be right at the top in every single category. As as we've already mentioned, sacks, tackles for loss, they're number one in the country with four defensive touchdowns right now. I, it just seems as if this this team's kind of just scratching the surface if they can hone in on penalties and and kind of figure that thing out they might be able to start rewriting some record books so far as it goes in the program. Yeah. I, I don't I think we've seen even close to how good this defense can be. No, no. no. Secondary is going to get second. You could, I mean, like you could say like, all right, like the odd man out right here is secondary. Like the, the D line has been balling linebackers have been playing amazing with pace and just being solid at the other spots with Deshaun and Ty Huber and Jaheim. Um, then, like, you could say, oh, maybe I guess the secondary is the one, like, 
position group that maybe hasn't been uh, stacking up as well compared to the other ones. And, you know, those guys, like you said, threats going to get better. Shep looks good. I think Shep, Shep is going to keep getting more and more comfortable. Shep's got yeah. that swag to him. He just mm-hmm. like, he's a guy who, who was good enough to play for a while, but it's been stuck behind just, you know, some of the best ever. He's been and, a surprise, pleasant surprise. Yeah. Yeah. And you got Vaughn. Vaughn's just a solid, just a dog. He's been there, played a ton of ball. And I'm going to tell you, they're, they're just going to keep getting better. Everyone's going to keep growing. Everyone's going to keep getting better. And I just think it's crazy how um, everything that we talked about versus um, the, that happened versus Arkansas, just if you look, just if you compare Arkansas to like how they played the last, uh, three games after that is just it's just great it just shows that they've they attacked and got better at every single thing they uh they did wrong versus that arkansas game and now look at them they ha- they're having an all-time day they're having an all-time year statistically just shows just how good of players how good of men those that those guys on that defense are and how good the coaching staff is they beat arkansas by two touchdowns right now yeah I, yeah i agree I think I think the movement of, of Ivan Pace to the middle linebacker kind of just go out and do whatever you need to do. Move would have definitely st- stabilized their the attack of the, the D line. Yeah, yeah, they improved. His, the his quote well. on that was still the best. Yeah, I'm more comfortable at middle linebacker, but I when I was a weak side linebacker at Miami, yeah. I set the NCAA record for sacks in a game, so <laughs> I can play either. I think we play him more like how we play him at Mike, more like how Miami played him at Will. Just kind of like, yeah. yeah, not don't like way less pass responsible, more rush responsible. Pass responsibility is way more simple. It's way less like man on man. It's way more kind of like play the play the quarterback, play the windows. You're playing in between the hashes, and then it gives you the option to be able to rush more. And we use the mic more in, in different rush schemes. So it's perfect for him. And it was a great call. I've been impressed if you're watching him too, how much he's he's anchoring the defense and making the calls and getting people into the right places. And he's kind of he's got that like football savant to him, right? Mm-hmm. Where you, you can tell he just sees things different than than everybody else sees him. Yeah. Just got that just a football player. Got that dog in him, baby. It's yeah, like Ryan Royer, just a football player. <laughs> yeah, only the threes in spring ball just came out. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, <laughs> all you can do is dominate when you get when they give you the chance. Yeah, players make plays, man. Right, man. That's all you can do. I mean, that's yeah. why it's it's even more impressive when you see he was the one that broke up the pass, Ethan Hall, in the end zone on that fourth down and, play. And, and one when they let off the fireworks for the Bearcats and. Said what thank a fantastic you. way to end the game. I know. Great great <laughs> way to say thank you for playing the AAC with us and hope you have a great time in the Big 12. You know, they were kind of congratulating us on the big win. But, no, I mean, that goal line stand. Uh, sure, didn't have as many indicators and significance as last, last year's goal line stand did against Tulsa. But I'm, I'm sure this team kind of dug deep and they said, hey, we've we've held this this group of people out of the end zone on eight straight plays last year, let's go ahead and do it again this season. And they didn't do it on eight straight plays. They did it on five straight plays. But it, it was still just as special making all the plays right there at the goal line. Yeah, with a 269-pound running back. 
Like what in the hell? Yeah. Did you guys hear that? Under three yards of carry. Yeah, he played. He played last year. He got stoned in last year at the goal line. I know. I I, I forgot. First, I forgot oh, well, that he was him, that, yeah. that he was that damn big. That is insane. Anderson, Steven Anderson. Yeah. Uh, well, so that that Prince guy that was scoring the touchdowns for them. He, that, this is his first game back. It was kind of like quiet that he was coming back from an injury. But yeah, that Anderson guy, I can tell he does not like Cincinnati. A, a couple of times after the play, he would get up and like. You know, do the little you're, you're smaller than me thing, but yeah, uh, you're 270 pounds, you freak. Yeah. <laughs> no one's gonna be bigger than you. Well, he, right. was he also Derek like Henry he was... is like, damn, that's a big dude. Yeah. <laughs> he also looks like he was making like the the ankle twist symbol. Like, like were they? Do you think that's something that was happening in the pile? Like, was, is there any chance that that was going on? I I can't imagine that. I we've never had that ever be addressed with us that the team's ever had a problem with that. I've never seen a guy do that. I've never seen a guy do it in practice. Obviously I don't think anyone would do that to their own team, but <laughs> I don't, I a hundred percent am against the accusations. Fair enough. You, you know, I, I did love, as you saw throughout the broadcast after every play that Ivan was like right there for, he would like tap the guy on the shoulder or like, on the helmet, and I could just tell he was probably just like, good, good play, good job. So it's like all like kind of, you know. Andrew Luck. Yeah, just like being nice, but you can tell the other team was like, I hate this guy. Uh, <laughs> it just makes it worse. Yeah, it just makes it absolutely worse. <laughs> because I imagine the staff that's, that's was good like. Good play, buddy, good play. Right, right. Because I, I bet you next staff was probably like, hey, guys, let's, let's calm down a little bit. And then that is just like, I'm being calm, I'm being nice. But believe me, the other team is getting riled up and fired up inside, but. Let's uh let's talk offense real fast. Uh, yet again, another splash play, 61 yards to Tyler Scott. If there's one wide receiver on Cincinnati you want to cover this year, it's Tyler Scott. And Tulsa just decided one play they weren't going to. Um, <laughs> obviously not a literally there. Yeah, literally. He was the only person on the screen. Right. Oh god. <laughs> and and with this camera crew, man, that you know that's that's kind of saying something because they. Probably going to kill someone else for a little while, but so man. bad. I, but outside of that, and then the two big runs, one by Chuck and and, and one by uh, Kiner, I, the offense at times seemed a little stagnant. Didn't really have uh, much flow to it, if you will. But I don't know. It, yet again, in the second half, it was the one big run by Chuck McClellan. The the, the passing game couldn't get going. The I don't know. It it just seemed as if things hit a bit of a lull there in the second half, kind of like what it did last week against Indiana, but two different circumstances where Indiana, you're up enough where you don't really feel much much harm in it. But this week, it was a little bit more evident where, okay, we do need to get something going offensively, but they simply couldn't. Uh, the missed deep ball to Nick Bardner sticks out a little bit. He was kind of running open, would have been another big chunk play, possibly could have turned it into a touchdown if, if need be, but what what is it that you guys are seeing kind of in the second half with the offense that it's it just kind of seems like they can't get over that hump once the defense makes their adjustments? I have a question, Brian. Hmm. Do you think in these these second halves with a lead, they need to go away from twelve personnel because it might be bringing too many guys into the box? Um, I mean, I noticed that it allowed Indiana to play the way that they were playing, I think. I mean, if you're going 12, 
got five offensive linemen, two tight ends, a quarterback, and a running back. That's nine guys in the box for Cincinnati. Yeah, the tight ends can beat you if they leak out, but you're just like if you're going to try to run, having nine guys in your own box, it, it just feels to me is inviting the opponent to stack the box. You can still, you know, you can put seven in the box, play two high safeties on the, the two wide receivers and kind of take away the deep stuff. And you can still keep Cincinnati at bay in the running game. Like I, it, I'm not saying never to go 12 personnel. I'm just saying in those situations, does it feel like it's playing into allowing the defenses to be able to, to focus on it? Uh, yeah, if if you're running like the two tights like in the bunch, yeah, you, you're definitely gonna crowd that box. And it's hard though because you got two NFL tight ends right. that you want on the field, and you want to try to scheme. You they're both good run blockers. We have a good old good experience line. I I still think they have to play better. I'm still thinking like thinking back to the first couple uh first couple years, just how much more we were able to run the ball with success compared to what we're doing now. And I, I think they're going to get it right. I think we need to get bigger chunk runs. We got to try to get a little bit more space in between the tackles for our running back to just pop them open and make a safety miss. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like we would go 12 personnel before I'd be able to get four, five, six, pop and pop a big run in between the tackles. And you just haven't been yeah. able to see that. And I'm not, I don't play O line. So I can't like, I, I don't know what what they may or may not be doing uh, right. But I do know that they're all great football players. They're going to figure it out and they need to figure it out. Cause that's a big part of our offense. As good of a passer Ben is as he could go back there and pass the ball 50 times. Um, but that's not, we don't want that. We want to have a balanced offensive attack and we got to get the run game going. We got to start getting uh, over 150 rushing yards a game, getting back to around 200. So I don't know. It's it's hard because sometimes I'm like they might they do look like they kind of get comfortable sometimes. It's like all right, like we, it's like we're having success and it just seems like I don't know if the play calling's comfortable or if like I just can't. It just seems like something just fizzles for a little bit and then the other team comes back. It's like all right, we need to go on a drive. They go on a drive, make a play, get a score. Whereas I'm still waiting for that full like 60 minute just onslaught from the offense and. I'm, I think they're going to get there, but can't lose another game if they don't. You know, they kind of got to figure it out. Thanks for joining, Brian. If you would like to, uh, if you're on desktop, right under the screen, you'll see a little button that says join. Uh, That's how you can join and become a new member of the channel. Uh, Big thanks to Brian. He has been a longtime supporter of Bearcat Journal. So thanks for subscribing to the YouTube. Uh, This was asked in the mailbag, but because we're kind of, on the topic, I'll ask you, do you think losing Renfro and uh, not, you know, maybe not then having Gerhardt at, at left guard, do you think Renfro being out has impacted the run game at any level? Uh, yeah, I think Jake Renfro is All-American potential type player. So he is that good, and that's always going to hurt. I think not having Mets – not having met. I think Mets is a really, really good guy who can, he moves mass. He's a big body. He can, if, if he's not moving you, he's in the way of you. And that, 
that doesn't all that that could be a part of the problem. I mean, maybe some, maybe a, I don't know. Maybe you got guys that aren't like maybe Gavin. He's he's not doing a bad job. Maybe he's not comfortable playing center. Maybe he'd rather be playing guard. But yeah, not having Renfro, it's if you really think about it, he's he's one of the best centers in the country. That's definitely going to hurt your team not having him out there. But still, 100-yard rushing game for Corey Kiner. Uh, kind of one of those situations as well where, you know, equal carries for, for Corey and Chuck, and, and both turn out good games, aided in large part by their one, you know, long rush that both of them had, uh, which which I'm sure both of them wish they could have could have had back and turned on the uh, the extra burners and gotten into the end zone. But still, it, it seems as if maybe this might be what it is, trying to get the two-back look. Ryan Montgomery did come back, but just re- returned punts. He's probably still, you know, nursing back that rib injury. Uh, but he looked great returning punts, uh, a huge addition back. But uh, this this kind of two back look. Sure, the the whole bell cow situation where you saw with Michael Warren, where he has carry after carry after carry, then then burst one. You know, it, and the fact that running backs get better as game games wear on, take more hits. Can you see that happening with a with a two running back attack, where yes, they they both had their big hits, but still they're they're not able to kind of churn it up and get the amount of reps needed to probably pick up those extra yardage to to move the chains when when it's you know third and four and they only gain two or three. Yeah, is is it is the two back approach the the best thing from here on out in your guys' eyes? I, I it seems as if sure Corey's going to be the one that's Toting the rock and getting a bunch of carries. Chuck does his part, but you saw numerous times when Cincinnati had to punt, it was like a third and 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 four. And maybe if you had the extra reps throughout the game, you kind of know, okay, well, I find this crease here or there, and I can work it up to the second level and pick up the first down when needed. Do you think the two back approach is going to be what we see the rest of the way out? I think that, like, I think if you're going to have a two back approach, those are the two guys. Um, that mesh very well together. Kind of look at it like more of like a a pat. Like Chuck can uh, get out and catch some balls. He's he's got a little more uh, speed than Corey does. A little more quickness. You could do a little bit more outside of the tackles with Chuck and spread it out more with him. Um, but I do think Corey needs to be the guy. They're getting the ball at least twenty carries a game, and then maybe Chuck gets like. 10 to 12 touches. And I think that'd be the, that's my opinion, the best way to go about it. I think Corey's the best overall back. And I think if you get him 20 touches by that, by touch 15, 16, 17, 18, like he's going to be feeling it. He's going to be making plays. Um, but I do think having like that, like 20 touch Corey, 10 touch Chuck, I think that'd be, I don't see a problem with that, but you know, I don't think they can go like three or four backs. I think that'd start getting out of hand. I mean, we've seen the home run ability of Corey Kiner now. And I think that, honestly, I don't think he's anywhere near his ceiling at this point. Uh, you, know, you know, one thing we did get to really appreciate, Jerome Ford's ability to run away from everybody. Man. Because mm-hmm. yep. Corey and Chuck are pretty fast. Like, they're they're fast enough. Yeah, And that looked nothing like when Jerome Ford got in the open field, even against Georgia – who is as talented on the back end as anybody in the country. If you talk game speed, somebody on the board put up their 40 times were all similar. Jerome's speed 
with the ball in his hand was not his 40 time, man. That guy ran away from everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think I was, I was watching maybe the Alabama Arkansas game and I think Arkansas busted a big run or, or might've been Alabama or someone, you know, and it might not have even been that game. But it was a game where the running back had an a angle. football team. A it was football a fo- I was team. watching a football it was, game. It was a high-level football game <laughs> against two ranked teams. It happened a lot this past week. There might have been some money involved, but it was a situation where the team that I needed to have burst it and get to that second, third level and score, they didn't make it. And, and immediately in my mind, I was like, okay, Ford probably would have cashed that one in. He never got Nomadi. caught. Nomadi. He never got yeah. caught. I, I mean, I used to be up in the box and I'd tap Aaron every time that I would see him like get past the linebackers. And then oh, once he was past there, the linebackers, it was, it was I would always it tap Aaron. I would tap you and I'd be like, look, and then boom, he's in the end zone. It just you know what I always love? You know my favorite part about Jerome's long touchdowns, all of them, is all of them. He 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 did the the sprinter. Like yeah. lean when he crossed the finish line. Yeah. Like I, I for some reason that always tickled me that every time he treated it like a like a track race, and he yeah. he, he gave the lean at the finish line. Like I won. Yeah, I, I loved it. That was great. Yep. But you never saw anybody. It was always this. Mm. Like there wasn't anybody that even ran even with him down the field. It was the and gap be, just always yeah. got wider. And it was like he's like sixty yards in. He he yeah. should be slowing down. And like he's picking up speed. Yeah, and like they get up there, then it's just like, no, I'm gonna keep going. And that's just how, like, it it's NFL you, speed. Yeah, it made you appreciate. It made you appreciate Jerome. Yeah, because those two runs would have been touchdowns. Yeah, if Jerome Ford had the ball running through those holes. That's yeah. all I'm just saying. Not to take anything away from Chuck and Corey because that's what that's what a normal running back like that's what a really good college running back looks like. You're supposed like corners are supposed to be able to catch you. Yep. Yeah. Corners are supposed to be like the fastest dudes on the field. They weren't and, faster than Jerome Ford. And and one of the crazy things was that after Kiner's 52 yard rush, that was when the Tyler Scott touchdown was taken back. That's when the Josh yeah. Wiley touchdown had a flag. And then that's when Brian Co missed the field goal. So, and that was early in the game where it was, you know, 21. Yeah. It, it could have been 21 7. And before you know it, it's like, all right, Tulsa might roll over and, and, and be done. But uh, I think another thing, obviously, the team that's been mentioned before, and, and, and Aaron said the team needed to clean up their third down defense and uh, third down offense. And so I, bad. Like, that's the biggest problem for this team right now, I think, third down. Yeah. On both not sides, fourth down, not fourth down. Right. No, I didn't say fourth down. I, I said third down. But uh, so defensively, I went back and I looked at the at the play chart, the set and the other. On plays that Tulsa didn't pick up the first down on on third down, it was due to a sack more often than not. Only one other time did it come by way of an incomplete pass. Outside of that, they they picked up first downs through the air on the ground, and then about three or four via the penalty uh what what is it when it comes to the third down that maybe is it just luckily Bryn has time in the pocket during the game and is able to find a receiver just on that down or I don't know what it was there was even like a third and 15 where they picked up 22 yards through the air or 
third and 17, picked up 22 yards through there. Even third and nine to begin the second half. If you get Tulsa three and out on that first drive of the second half that they had, it was third down and nine. They completed the 41-yard pass to Keelan Stokes, which is actually a really good pass and good catch. But I don't know. It does seem like third down has been a bit of an issue for the defense so far this year. Yeah, it. I mean, third and extra long has been somehow like a huge problem for us. It's like statistically almost impossible at this point how many XLs we've given up the past couple of years. And third down is a huge emphasis. I mean, it's it is a big big deal on our defense, and we rep the shit out of it at all times, all different scenarios. And I don't know, it just. Just got to execute better. I don't. I honestly, I can't sit here and say it's this, that, and the other. Sometimes it's just they offense makes a good play, offense makes a good call, and defense just wasn't in, didn't make a good call and didn't execute well. I I don't know. We can't really. Some sometimes you try to rush, they pick it up. It's just you know I don't know. It's been a problem. We've we've had problems with, like I said, like third and long, third and extra long, and I don't know why. I, I wish I had more info. I wish I had some wisdom to tell you, but they'll, they're going to try like hell to clean it up and God hope they do. It's been a problem, but I, I believe in them. I think they will. I do too. I do. I, I truly do. I, I don't know. I feel like it's luck because it has to be with yeah, how well the defense played. Maybe there's that. That's when the luck factor tied in was on third downs. And I, I mean, there was that one set of down where they picked up two or three straight third downs and logs due to the penalty. And mm-hmm. uh, one of those was the targeting. And then that's when Javon Hicks took things into his own hands and said, all right, I'll just pick this ball off and, and we'll, <laughs> we'll take the ball back that way. Um, yeah. If, if after all the, you know, the entire game all bottled up, rolled up all those sacks, all those big plays defensively, the splash plays offensively, if you were given a, you know, schedule before the season with all the, Final scores, wins and losses, and you saw 31-21 on the road at Tulsa. I mean, you would probably take it at this at this point. Um, and that's what it was. And sure, you want to get a couple more points on the board, extend the lead, and, and sure, you don't want to give up some of the plays you did defensively. But in the end, it was a win on the road at Tulsa. You never got to experience on the road at Tulsa, did you? No. No, you weren't, you weren't there God. for that final Tuberville <laughs> Really, year that was uh, that would have been fun for you, but you know, it was a very, very fitting final chapter of the, the whole Tulsa thing. And, and it's funny because you listen to their their coaches and their players when they talk about the game, they they do mention the word rivalry, you know, our, our rivalry we have with those guys over there. And I don't think that Cincinnati necessarily considers it a rivalry, but yeah, we I don't, don't say rivalry that, now, but we say no. like. Other things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I did have one last question when it comes to games like this. Uh, clearly, the more talented team was Cincinnati. The, the top to bottom better team on paper would be Cincinnati. But when a game like this turns into a brawl, you know, you saw Jabari Taylor say after the game that it, it felt like it was, you know, you know, the rest are kind of letting the boys play a little bit. And it was kind of a little backyard brawl feel to it. Does that take away the whole talent? differential and it just turns it into uh you know it's gonna be your toughness versus our toughness and that's gonna gonna be who wins out in the end 
that's why they play the way they play. That is why they play us specifically that way. They know we're more talented. They know we're the better team on paper. And I mean, that's, if I was a head coach of Tulsa, I would tell my guys, we got to make this into a street fight too. I, I don't know if I'd encourage some of the other uh, post whistle behaviors and shit right. like that. I think that shit sucks, but I mean, I respect the the toughness. I respect the effort they play with just maybe clean it up a little bit, but that's the way you got to that. I mean, that's it's textbook football. I mean, that's what you got to, that's the kind of game you have to play against more athletic, better players. You got to just, you try, you got to try to erase that, that gap just by making it a street fight. I always respected that about them. I will give them that. Gosh, they were annoying. I'll give them one compliment. (laughs) I don't think I made this analogy here last week. I came up with it later. That that they're the guy that when you punched him in the mouth, they like lick the blood. Yeah. And they were like, and then you're like, oh great, I'm I started a fight with the crazy person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like I know, just, yeah, that's, that's what they SMU, you punched him in the mouth. They were like, we're good, man. Yeah. Like we're 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 gonna focus on next week. You punch Tulsa in the mouth, and they're like, come on. Give me some more. But you know, it's another thing where I think. This year, we kind of mentioned it in basketball a little bit where, you know, a few years back, all the teams that were in the AAC kind of looked at Cincinnati and said, okay, that all that talent exited. Now we get our chance to to beat Cincinnati. Like Houston, for example, was, was the team that was able to whoop up on Cincinnati a few times basketball-wise. And it, I feel like teams this year, they have that where they say, okay, they lost nine players drafted to the NFL – Desmond Ritter's no longer there at quarterback. The you know Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant don't have to worry about them. They they tie in all of that with the fact that this is back to back defending AAC champions, and then you tie in the fact that they're leaving to the Big Twelve. It's like this game for the rest of the season for all the teams that you know are going to be in the AAC after this year. I feel like it's circled, starred, underlined, bolded, put a sticker next to it. I. I, I feel like they're, you're, you're going to get every team's best shot because they, they feel like this is the last chance that they'll have to take down the, the King Dog, which I, I think Tulsa was obviously showing they're going to try and do that with physicality and, and toughness. I think other teams might try and do it with like trickery and, and different things like that. But I feel like this is the year where you're going to see teams try and get under the skin and, and, and do this, that, and the other because on the outside, it's – what everyone says, you know, they aren't as talented. They they lost the set and the other, but that's what what I take away was how big the team was able to step up and show that they're tougher, show that they've got all this talent still on the team, which is what I was happy to see for the most Agreed. part. But yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun to see as the uh, year wears on. USF uh, next this upcoming week, homecoming weekend at home. Let's go. Uh, so so when you were playing Ryan, was it weird? when you guys had, you know, no heaters on your sideline and you guys weren't wearing, you know, winter coats and whatnot, you know, and, and then you look across the way and South Florida's wearing, you know, winter coats on the sideline and heaters yeah. out there and whatnot. Was, <laughs> was that a little strange for you guys? Yeah, we, we loved, we loved talking, talking some shit about that. We'd always, you know, we'd always be like, look at those, you know, whatever, whatever impolite word you could imagine we'd say. I'm not going to let your imagination work. Oh, I remember, do you remember the one time we played them and it was like, what was it like under 20 degrees? Do you remember that? When, was when that Warren two or three years off? ago? Yeah. When yeah. 
Yeah, it was again and, that warm up, yeah. And like a bunch of the linebackers, we went out and warmed up shirtless and like they <laughs> just trying just trying to mess with them. And like oh, yeah. so we're talking. So yeah, it, it is it is fun to always see like they don't embrace the uh the good uh fall weather that Nipper brings. So my favorite was the night my favorite was a night game. It was literally like 54 degrees. And they oh, acted yeah. like it was the dead of winter. <laughs> yeah, some some aren't some ain't built for the cold. Yeah, well, I did you enjoy going to Raymond James though? They man, they had some uh, some tough games against the Bulls down there at Raymond James, but all all wins. Yeah, still a, I yeah I don't like playing in the NFL stadiums. It, it's yeah. just it's a sucky environment, sucky. It, fa- the fans never show up. It right. just, it's just not fun to play. And um, yeah, USF, they always, I mean, they've been solid in my first couple years that I was in the program. Kind of dipped down here the past couple years. They played us better than, you know, I thought. They kind of right. snuck back into I last year. Yeah. We were kind of a little aggravated with that. But yeah. did those lights take you by surprise? Because I yeah. was there last year. Yeah, those yeah. are crazy. I was like, oh, that was cool. That was cool, though. Yeah, like, what's going on here? But yeah, so <laughs> the light win. So after USF scores, they like just like the, you do for the NFL games, as you see, like it, they completely shut off all the lights, so it's pitch black, and then they just turn on green lights and white lights. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like a strobe light of, of USF colors going on. But there's it's very demoralizing. Like just imagine <laughs> yeah. as like a defense, just like, God damn it. Like you're just having a light show right. put on you after you get scored on. And, and they were they were a bad there. team. Yeah, yeah. there's there's like kind they of quiet. They're still loud a little bit. So it's like the opposite of when the fireworks staff lets off fireworks when you actually don't score and instead give the ball up on the fourth down. Yeah. Exactly. Oh well. Um, any anything else on this game? Obviously, I you know I just told it like when I when I was doing the write up for it during the game, I was like, gosh, this game just is terrible, and I wanted to just get the game over with. Um, I, MCB two point zero. I I did want to answer this question from MCB two point zero. Uh, no, no one has ever three-peated in the AAC. Uh, UCF won in 17 and 18 and Cincinnati in 20 and 21. Uh, but other than that, uh, and I guess UCF in 13 and 14, but Memphis, Cincinnati, and UCF all tied in 14. Um, so, yeah, no, you haven't had anybody ever three-peat in the AAC. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> anything else on the game with Tulsa? Uh would like to shut the book on the uh, beautiful golden hurricane, the, the 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 single non-plural team on the on the schedule. I'd imagine. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I do want to talk about uh, the Tyler Scott touchdown. Thanks for the donation, though, Richard Smiley. We appreciate you, Richard. You donate every week. You are a gentleman and a scholar. Um, that's just the that that variation of the flare route, right, Ryan? The flare to the flat, except this time it was Jaden Thompson. And every time they run it, they they get, you know, generally a pretty good look out of it. And the cornerback, as soon as he saw the flare coming, went to jump the flare with no safety help over the top. And I tend to think 
letting Tyler Scott run free 60 yards down the field is a bad idea. At this point, yeah, you should be like – there shouldn't be any like, oh, I'm pre-snap thinking about this certain – this certain uh, route combo they like to do. It's like, I got Tyler Scott 21 on me. I need to be all locked in on him. I don't yeah. give a shit about what else is going on. Yeah. Hey, like I, if, hey, if I don't James... coach DBs. I don't coach DBs for Tulsa, man. Maybe I should. I don't know. It just <laughs> seems like a good idea. Well, like say hypothetically, they run that flare route and Jaden Thompson catches it. That's like a 15 yard gain, right? Like yeah. best case scenario. That's like a, a 12, 15 yard gain. The other option was to let Tyler Scott run free for a 61-yard touchdown. One of those seems a little bit better. I don't know. Well, and if you – and I don't want to bring up Sour Grace, but, I, you know, it, it was the same when, when Michael Young was kind of running behind the defense in that game against Georgia a few years back. and uh, But Georgia had SEC – you know, quarterbacks, defensive backs. That guy that recovered. That could that recover. Let's not talk about guy's... this, man. I no, forgot. I know. No, I know. That was all I was saying. But yeah, Tulsa God. doesn't have that, and Tulsa's yucky. And so and that play was where Tyler Scott was wide open. The play we could have ran on and maybe ran out the clock. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to bring it up, but there we are. But yeah, that. I, I didn't bring that up. That was that that me. I mean, that's the bread and butter play. What was your guys' opinion on that one? I, I did, like it took a guy making a miraculous play. He like if a, you yeah. watch how much ground he covered in his class in two. Yeah, if you points. watch how much ground, like there's no way Des in his mind is thinking that guy can get from here to there by the time I get this pass there. Like right. almost physically impossible. It just happened to be one of the best athletes in the country that was able to get back and, and get his hand on the ball. Like I didn't, I didn't hate it because I think it worked, ultimately you of. got, it worked. <laughs> you got what you wanted in the counter action because Georgia sucked up, take away the flare. They had the run pretty well defended. If he runs, of course the clock keeps running and you guys probably have a better chance to get that clock to zero without them being able to kick the, the 54 yard field goal. Um, but, but design wise, I didn't hate it because I thought it accomplished what it was supposed to accomplish. Sometimes a guy just makes a play, man. Like, yeah, that's a good point. That's fair. It sucks. Yeah. And, and you know, it's going to live as one of the most like, uh, scrutinized plays in UC football history because it didn't work, but the design worked, yeah. the execution pretty much worked. Yeah. And a guy made a play. Like I mean, and it was the bread and butter play. play. Like like that that was Dez's bread and butter play. Yeah, like that was the the go to. You need three or four yards. You have three different options, four different options, really. I mean, I was I was fine with it, but obviously, hindsight twenty four. I wasn't fine with the outcome. No, no. Well, I was fine <laughs> no with the play was. call, is what I mean. But outcome. Yeah, sorry to bring that up, but that was what the play was. <laughs> and this time, Tulsa didn't have the recovery speed or the recovery anything. Well, TV you say Ball little... probably could even have done that one. Oh, that was 40 <laughs> yards clear. That was <laughs> a little guy bit. not even knowing how to play football for a play. No recognition. <laughs> 
But uh, but yeah, I, I mean that's Tyler Scott for you as well. But but that's but that's 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 good offensive coordinatoring, right? Like yeah, when you want the defense to Tendencies. see what they yeah, these are their this is their tendency when they they motion this guy and and they run him into the flat on that flare, the quarterback's going to roll, he's going to hit the flat, boom, you know, first down or what, you know. And and the guy saw what the tape tell him to see, told him to see, and instead, over your head, oops. You got bombed on. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely did. But you know what? That was uh, that was a splash play. Then we had two splash plays on the ground, Aaron. I know you love the splash plays, but uh, probably want to see a few more. Uh, I imagine <laughs> you would you would like to, but I don't know. It was a it was a game where you're up, you're 52, winning, defense is dominating. Fifty two, sixty six, and sixty one count as stra- stra- uh, chunk plays, right, Aaron? Just making sure. I, I want twenty yards plus. I mean, I, I'm greedy with my splash plays. He doesn't think a splash play is 15 yards, Ryan. He is he is up the standard to 20. Go big or go home. Well, I yeah, it's 20 plus for pass, and I think it's 15, 15 for, for run. run. Yeah, yeah. Aaron wants Aaron wants 20 for for all. A 17 yard run is not a splash play <laughs> for Aaron. It's just what not you enough. should do. Not enough. It's what you should. That's yeah. what you should do. Yeah. I would love if we averaged 17 yards a run. I think we win all the rest of our games. <laughs> I say I say odds are pretty strong with that. Yeah. But uh strategery. Yeah, it was good strategery <laughs> by Gino. 31-21 final score. 47 no more. Get out of here. Victory for the bye Bearcats. Bye bye. They move on. <laughs> I you know, I I'm just excited for this weekend as well, homecoming. Then you get a bye afterwards, and then some some tough road games. So, um, Dave Dave is calling this the double bye. Theoretically, it's not even it, a double bye. Theoretically, <laughs> it kind of is, but still, you got to look at the tape and see that USF gave Florida all they could handle and more uh, a, a few weeks back. So, I'm sure the staff will be playing that tape and not every other tape from USF's season this year, where they've looked terrible, um, as Aaron could tell you in the AAC wrap up. But, uh, but yeah, so that's just Saturday. But this past Saturday, wrap up, win, get on the bus, get on the plane, go home. Man, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Hopefully, are, is, is the football, the, sorry, is the basketball team going there this year? Do you know off the top of your head, Chad? Or? I don't know. I, I, sure, I sure hope not because, oh, looking real quick. They Reds do. must have just did something good. Fireworks. You live right downtown. Yeah. Oh, baby. I heard it. Let's go Reds. Wow. How about that? (laughs) The basketball team does not travel to Tulsa this year. Good for them. That's it. We're done. Done. Fuck that place. Done. (laughs) Wow. Good night. It's the one AA city, the AAC city they don't travel to. Never go back. Ever. What Arquan tweeted something like, I don't like it here. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. Well, Tulsa, goodbye, man. Good riddance. So that's a victory. Move on from that. Uh, were there any any uh questions of the mailbag, Aaron? Should we hop into that or were there any questions? What's the uh what's what's the move on these shows now? Do we go mailbag bat 
football, then we do basketball real fast, mailbag basketball, or do we do basketball? I mean, we've talk? always done the mailbag at the end. Royer yeah. said he likes basketball, so we can let's let's talk basketball. So let's hoop it up. Right? Let's hoop yeah, it up. Hoop, hoop it, it up. up. Chad, you went to practice. I went last to an week. all defense practice last all week. defense practice. Sounds like they were doing good, good, good job barking out and getting getting things moving and working. Um, but aside from that, good good press conference with uh you know Wes and uh Landers and, and Dollar and and of course uh oh well, it was that was a, that was a Reds win Royer by the way they they snapped their six game losing streak so so what are they one game good, back good. in the wild card now yeah they're they're right there they're right big they're, game they're, coming up tomorrow I think they're they're what third worst in baseball so they're, they're just trying to finish as the the not worst team in, in major league baseball. Don't they have to win out to not lose a hundred games? I think that's yeah, they're, they're at 99. Yeah. Let's go. Wow, the Reds are? Yeah, they're really bad. Yeah. Well they were on pace to have the worst season of any sports team ever. Yeah, they turned it around. <laughs> I tell you what, playing fantasy oh. baseball, I'll tell you they've got some good pitchers. But so uh futures futures looking solid, I'd say. No, if they can get some bats around them, maybe, maybe. We'll see. Solid rotation. Nick back to hit the most timely home runs ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a deep drive out to the left field. Oh, Aaron, Aaron milked that train as far as it would take him. Did he? Yeah, yeah. He used, they used, they had Ryan Castellanos on their podcast like regularly. Oh yeah, yeah. Last season, his brother. <laughs> and and didn't you have the opening on your open to your pod too? Yeah, yeah, on PTP. Yeah. But that's so, a different show for a different day. Milk that cow tomorrow. for all it's worth. Now they're off tomorrow. to Philly. That, that day is tomorrow. That day is comes one day away. But you can't reference it anymore. Maybe if you want to. But anyway, back to basketball. Uh, no free ads. No, none. I didn't none. even mention anything. <laughs> didn't have didn't. to. You didn't? Castellanos, that's all that matters. Anyway, so uh, and Newman was the last one in that press conference so <laughs> nolly was last well i already mentioned him I, I i didn't mention newman so that's why i said he was he was the last one that i didn't mention um from what you were able to gather and obviously ross team was there too your boy uh it, it sounds he was there like, in the morning i was not there with him right the the two-a-day approach right is what they're they're going through right now well or, when they do uh, that the defensive boot camp they do mm-hmm. two two a days, and then the third day is is one practice. So they they essentially have five practices where they don't do any offense. It's all installing their defense. You know what they how they they run what the, what the the presses are, late game situations, how they go from a press back into their base defense. All of the all of the good little finer points of uh, defensive basketball. When it's you a, it's in, it, it captivating, yeah, I was about to say yeah. it doesn't sound like too much fun. <laughs> it's captivating, but defense is fun on the football field. So maybe it's the best. Uh, maybe you can find the silver lining on the on the basketball court. Um, I think you'd be a guy that like you're a pain in the ass to play basketball with, aren't you? Oh, I was a defensive specialist. Defense yeah. rebounding, rebounding, set foul, foul fouling, fouling. Yes, <laughs> I some reason I, I envision. Like guys going in for a layup and then finding themselves like underneath the basket, 
<laughs> like what what happened somehow a forearm was just delivered above the <laughs> above the chest how did i get here <laughs> you'll scream the crap out of numerous people yeah yes i hear you yeah, i was i was in a pretty good rec league team back in the day not gonna lie we won yes i was we won many games uh not because of me because we had two guys that were just absolutely wet from deep and all I, all I would do is set saw screens up top and they knock down threes. Anyway, uh, Chad, one thing that Rossing mentioned and, and that you kind of mentioned as well is the update is, is the, the fact that there just are numerous bodies that are now added to the program that were it's just on, late. on top of, yeah, on top of the team that was already here coming back where it just feels different when you're, when you sit through practice where it just looks like, this is a team that has that feel of an NCAA tournament team. And, and now that they're all together, now that they're in a practice setting and you were able to, to, to get there and see that, do you see it on, on full force, especially the defensive side that you were able to see that they just yeah. have that ability to guard all over the place and there, potentially offensively as well? There's a lot more fluidity to like what they want to do in terms of how Wes wants to defend. It, it's so hard to be – a pressure defense when the opponent can just shoot over you like that, that makes all the pressure, you pressure, 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 pressure. They get the ball to the right spot. And then somebody shoots right over you. Like that's a killer. And, and what it does ultimately too, is it impacts your intensity defensively. It, when it keeps happening because you're like, I worked and worked and worked and worked and did everything right. And they still scored. So, being able to be six seven at three instead of six three six four, like just the overall um, like structure of the roster, the way that the roster is built, uh, leads far more into leans far more into the way Wes wants his teams to be structured, um, and I think that's the thing that you can take away from from watching a, a defense oriented practice like that is, you know, th this is what it, it's much closer to what he wants to do. It's much closer to who he wants to be as a, as a program. So it's getting there. It's getting there. With, with newcomers and freshmen, one of the things that you see, no matter how high your rating is, is the, the chance to be ready right away, especially with freshmen, the, the chance to, get out there and, and, and fit on a college court and kind of, you know, not really take over games, but, but fit your role where you need to, uh, you know, some, some freshmen just, it takes them a year to get acclimated to that. One, one player that I've seen mentioned that is, you know, kind of seems a little bit ahead of schedule is, is Sage. I, I don't know yet. Sage, oh, Sage, you know, Sage is going to take a little while. Right. No, no, no. I, I meant just like, but does it look like, just from what you've been able to see in the one practice that you went to. I don't I, I saw him stand around and play defense at the five. Like I don't know yet. Let's save the good questions for when I've watched some offense, when I've right. seen him get up and down a little five on five. Like right. we don't want to waste the good questions on one defensive practice, right? I mean, I just wanted to say does does it look like the freshman? It are looks like he's comfortable. Tall. Not just him, the freshman. Maybe. I don't know. I, I watched him play defense. Like you, you gotta, you gotta see them get out there and get in the flow of things. And how fast are they processing what they're being asked to do in the offensive system? 
and then also being able to respond and get down on the back on the other floor. And, and a, a lot of times what will be interesting is they're going to be defending older guys because this team's old as shit. Right, like eight guys that are either in their four, you know, their their COVID year or their senior year. Yeah. So the freshmen are going to be tested on that scale because mm-hmm. they're going to be going against dudes that have played a lot of college basketball. Right. Um. So I don't know, like, how much we're really going to see from them, at least early, uh, just because the guys ahead of them have such a head start. Now, do I think Dan is Dan Skillings is going to be a factor on this team? Yeah, I do. Josh, I think it's going to be tough. I think he's good enough. There's just a ton of dudes between the three and the four. And Dan might be one of those dudes because Dan kind of is a two-three, where Josh is a three-four. And then you add Hensley and Newman and Davenport and Nolly. And like you've got a, a, a log jam there for young guys looking for minutes. Who's going to replace Sam Martin? <laughs> Great question. Uh, Working on it. It's a work in progress. No, nobody, nobody's going to replace no. that word. That's the answer. I mean, CJ Anthony. CJ Anthony actually is good enough to play. Like, right. there's 330 teams in in college basketball. He could play regular minutes for half of them. Easy. Mick Mick was big saying Sam Martin could probably start for a few teams as his, as a Sam could play. Yeah, Sam could play. Um, obviously with, with the season getting closer, I'm, I mean, with the, uh, first games coming up beginning of November, uh, I imagine maybe we could have a bit more basketball talk, maybe, maybe next week's episode or, or the week following after that, because there won't be, you know, it'll be coming off a of bye week and, uh, you know, won't have too much to, to fill. So maybe a, a, a basketball rendered episode on the 10th or the 17th. We should have a lot. Well, that's my birthday. So, who's taking you to the precinct, Chatty? You want me to take you? Uh, you might have to if Kelly's still in the hospital. So, Chatty, this might be on on Royer. I I might have to. Royer's going to take me to the precinct, but I'm going to have to pet. I think is where we're at. No way I would let you pay. Maybe no I'm taking maybe you on a date. I'm a gentleman. I'm a gentleman. Maybe, maybe a BVP field trip to the precinct for your birthday. There we go. I'm not paying for all these son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm, pay, I'm, I'm not pay. driving two and a half hours each way just for precinct. I'm telling you that right now. If I told okay. you, Aaron, we're going to the precinct. I don't I, I don't like steak. What the yeah, that's fine. You like Holy that holy shit. You like that scared bird, don't you? Some Where'd of that scared go? bird. I removed him. <laughs> I'm Good. not having any of that. I'm not what a what a beta. Get that guy some steak. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. I don't like steak. Aaron, come back. Yeah. I oh, mean, he's gone. Like we I might mean, not see him again the rest of the night. I don't there he is. <laughs> you guys love that. Well, the Galactic Fried Chicken, shout out Galactic Fried Chicken. That that scared bird. Aaron loves that scared bird chicken. Uh, but uh, you know what? It's all very tasty. Uh, Brian Johnson with a, with a heavy comment. But as far as it goes, uh, that was the uh, BBP talking basketball as far as this current team goes. And I actually think we're getting, we're getting there. Like, we're, getting we're, there. we're not quite really into like full basketball yet. But we had Jeff Goodman on. We did a lot of basketball last week. 
Yeah. Like we're we're trending in that direction. And I Francis wants to know, Aaron, do you like ribs? I think he likes ribs. I think he's cooked ribs before. Yeah, I like ribs. I like burgers. I just I'm not a steak person. I don't know. Okay. So you go to a steakhouse. What are you ordering? I don't go to steakhouses. What like what if you know smart we, we all smart went to the steakhouse and you had to order something? I don't know. Chicken, ribs, pork chops, fish, hey, I, salmon. Yeah. I, I think I think pork chops is an underrated order at a steakhouse. A lot of steakhouses. I, I, I still get steak. Chops. I still get steak. But the times I've gotten pork chops at a steakhouse, it's like this is a pretty damn good pork chop. Look, we we grew up with not a ton of money in my house, and I don't feel like I ever ate good steak. And so now, I'm, anytime I go anywhere, I'm not, not ever like, I'll take the sirloin. No, I'm, no, it's fine. <laughs> Just we need scarred. to get you a we need to get you a good ribeye somewhere one day. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'll take you out. <laughs> we'll get Somebody you to take care good. of this guy. I'd be Brent might expect some action at the end of the night, so I'd be careful with that. <laughs> as long as it's just a hug and a kiss from Roy, I'll be <laughs> But uh, but so that was our our talk of basketball. Obviously, we're going to dive into more uh, probably probably next upcoming episodes. I don't know. We can. Yeah, I mean, next week if, if if this is as bad as we think it's going to be, like there's not going to be a ton to dissect about USF. Um, I was planning to get to practice a couple times this week. That's kind of um, up to up to the doctors at the moment on when I'm at the hospital and when I'm not. Uh, but especially like the bye week, we won't have the Luke Fickle press conference. I should have a little bit more time to uh, to make sure I get to basketball and 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 bring the heat on some of these shows. I agree completely, Stephen. This entire podcast has been teetering on the edge since the jump, and uh, he is here for it. <laughs> hey, you got to sneak me into a fickle press conference. That would be the funniest oh thing. Oh my ever. god! It, like Could, if you just like it's it's every Tuesday at noon. Can we? Like can if you we, just come sit we, next to me with like a notebook and like no, no yes, can we chat, that would be can, so Can we funny. Chad Powers him? Maybe is that possible? Ooh, I wonder if. Oh, you know what? I do know somebody that might be able to pull something like this off. I could stop in for an hour on my lunch break. <laughs> yeah, but the problem would be if we're gonna. Powers. We gotta get you yeah, the problem would be we would have to send you somewhere to get made up to look different <laughs> before the press the face conference. And, everything. <laughs> and then you go to the practice afterwards, and and you just stand on the sidelines. I mean, heck, you could just say you're like a. You know, God, a Miami Dolphins write, scout or something. I'd have to write some at least two funny ass questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would like only you would know. Yeah. That only funny. you would have like like access to. We would lose <laughs> access to press conferences. <laughs> yeah, what's that uh, like? That would be I, so good. You know what? I bet we could get like Shark and Company in on it. Oh yeah, they would they would do something like that. They would. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> totally to have Royer crash a press conference where it like sit in the middle row or the back row where you're not like overly yeah. noticeable. Yeah. The, the problem is I feel like, like that would probably have to be like a Kennesaw state type thing <laughs> where if yeah. you try to mess with them on Tuesday of game week, I think he might. I think I could, I could lose, I could loosen it up a little bit. Yeah, probably. 
They would have, we, we would have to get it in the hands of somebody maybe, other than me because maybe, he would yeah. he would beat me. Probably, like, how about how about media, media availability? Like the first media availability for for bowl practices, where it's kind oh, of yeah, the bowl be, games yeah, like you know three or four weeks away and. Yeah, the got, first bowl yeah. practice we have with, with media availability with Fick. You're, you're, That'd be in the, you're in the bubble. You're watching practice. And you'd be like Nardwar. Have you guys heard of Nardwar? The guy who interviews the uh, all the rappers and whatnot. And he knows, yeah, like, yeah, All yeah, this yeah. insider information. You'll be that. You'll kind of like right. ask him questions that he has. It's like, how, how do you know that? I, I don't even <laughs> barely know that. So right. that could be fun. It could be fun. Either but, that one or the week of the AAC championship. Probably. Oh yeah, he probably that was that he'd be very low stress. I think he'll be yeah, he'll be he'll be pumped up to have a prank fold on him for sure. I uh, wouldn't make it out of the building. Aaron, Berkshire pork chop, red pepper or mesco with some charred shishito peppers. Okay, that's got your name that's got your name written Is that all the over precinct? it. That's the precinct. It's the precinct. Got your name written all over it. Um, sounds great. It does. it does sound great. Sounds pretty tasty. Uh I how think, long will Flory Bedunga be on campus tomorrow? Just tomorrow. Bearcat twelve. A, that was my next move. So we were talking. That was talking, uh, you know, basketball and steak, as well as uh, Ryan Royer turning into Nardwar on the BBP. <laughs> now it's time to get to the things that fans want to hear. Uh, some news about some some recruits that the basketball team is after has slowly came out uh, over the weekend and early parts of today. Um, West on the road, I do believe today. On top of that, still to, to my sources tell me, Wes Miller is still hanging out with Jizzle uh, James in Florida right now. Okay, trust those sources. I I do it's believe good news good on a school They're, night. Let's a, get the jizz on a, a doggone school night, huh? Okay, Ryan, very good. Uh, <laughs> Flory uh, visiting I didn't tomorrow. Say anything wrong. You did not. You did not. <laughs> Get the jizzle, man. Uh, Flory on campus tomorrow. Going to IU to the Hoosier Hysteria this weekend on Friday night. Uh, that was reported. Chad confirmed. Uh, on top of that, got some Isaiah Collier talk over the weekend. He was in L.A. Uh, he, Chad, you said he did end up stopping into USC and UCLA. Yeah. I'm... Um, I still think they they've got a chance to close this thing out, but I'm feeling the dogs agree with me, not not feeling uh, not feeling super warm and fuzzy about Ray at this point. Um, but there was a point I didn't feel uh, warm and fuzzy about Dan Skillings or Landers Nolly, and and Wes was able to to get those finished. So we had a date, November 16th, uh, for his commitment. Um, I don't think he's made a decision yet. Uh, everything I've I've heard indicates he hasn't made a decision yet. But we'll see. We're we're we at least have a like a, a an idea of of when this thing is going to wrap up and how it's going to play out. We'll see. My dogs are going nuts. I don't know what's happening outside right now. No, they, hate, they hate all of the information you're giving right now. They they're, hate it. They're, they're, they're not, not they, yeah. they, they want commitments, Chad. Commitments now. Uh, yeah, exactly. So Travis Branham put in a crystal ball for Jizzle James. You said that Wes is still down there with Jizzle right now, sources say. 
Uh, he did set up a visit with LSU on Saturday, but he was very vague about that in the article that, that Branham wrote, uh, kind of just really short quote about that. So um, not sure how to dive into that. But I, I, uh, I, I got a little bit of breaking news. A little bit of breaking recruiting news. Front. Here we go. There will be an official visitor, uh, at two official visitors at the basketball game on Saturday. Or the football game on Saturday. I have other breaking news. Two minutes Uh ago, Jizzle James said tomorrow night, 9 p.m., he'll be making an announcement. Whoa. Tweeted that out two minutes ago. Tune in to the Jizzle. Wow! That's a big quote. On a school night. On a school night. And sources say Wes Miller is still down there. On a school night, I'm gonna I'm gonna put the thinking emoji on top of this one. Yeah, and you know what? You know what? That's just interesting timing because <laughs> he's he's supposedly got a visit coming up with LSU on Saturday. So I, you know, it'd be crazy. What would go if he went somewhere else? Oh my gosh, wouldn't that be crazy? It'd be crazy if he went somewhere else. One or two official Saturday. visitors. One official visitor, Tyler McKinley. Hey, Tyler McKinley. Who is at Linkier Prep out in Branson, Missouri. Beautiful golf Uh, courses. Interesting city. That's all I'll say. Coming home. Bring them home. To visit the Cincinnati Bearcats for homecoming. Joining him. Joining. Rayvon Griffith. Rayvon. Coming home for an official visit for homecoming from Arizona Compass Prep. So two guys from the Natty. The boys are back in town. Coming back home for homecoming. Wow. Maybe, maybe somebody else stops by. I don't know. Maybe they do. I don't know. I uh, The thinking emoji for basketball is, is undefeated, Ryan. When I put the <laughs> thinking emoji out for basketball, something's happening. Something so big. We'll see, we'll see streets, if I stay on. Streets be talking. Let's see if I stay undefeated tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Thinking Nation. Where where is this? I want to see this. Aaron, Aaron, good job on that breaking news. That was great. Valley. Very good. Uh, But yeah, that's uh, that's obviously Mammoth. Is it Bearcat or your account, Chad? Oh, there it is. Hey. Mr. Think. Oh, you're putting up some numbers right now. Hmm. Oh. Those go fast, Royer. <laughs> the people see that's one thing. I'm I, like I'm, I'm vague, but they know my people know what what the vague means. Like they understand. We have we have our own we have our own um, BCJ language. This is awesome. I love this. <laughs> this is, is that the epic. first time you've seen that? Yeah. That was <laughs> squat. Sick. That was squat fest. Yeah. That was my it's idea a, for him to make that his profile picture. It's a great Aaron was idea. Like, you won't go over there and sit with the belt. And I was like, hell, I won't. Are you <laughs> kidding me? So I went over, threw the belt on, sat in the chair. Aaron took a picture and we showed it to you, Vic. And Vic was like, you're a fucking mess. Did you like, guys ever see that? Um, the TikTok guy that, that posted with me and Fickle and a couple other guys. Did you guys ever see that? The TikTok dad cook? No. Are you kidding me? That guy? You guys never saw that? No. What's it? 
there's this guy, there's this dad on TikTok who cooks on a Blackstone, and me and my roommates, we think he's great. Oh, the uh, like, the like he, he's got some buddies in town for a golf thing, and he makes a burrito. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so my roommate got a Blackstone grill, and we're like, oh, this is so sick. Like, we gotta, we gotta message him to see if he replies, and he does. And we're like, hey, do you want to do a, do you want to do chili for the the playoff game? Make chili for the playoff game and shout out the Bearcats. He was like, yeah, just send me a video of you guys with Coach Fick. And so it's like us doing us and Coach Fick doing his catchphrase. He's good. I can believe you guys didn't see that. It was funny. Send it to us in the group chat. Send it to us in the group chat. Our group text chat, you know. Send it to us. You don't even have Roy. What do you think, Roy? Or some kind of engineer? Brent's slightly <laughs> trying to get Ryan's phone number right now. Yeah, that's exactly what's <laughs> happening. Best way to set up a kiss with me is to get my number. Come on. Hey, for some reason, they restrict your number from me. I don't know why. But uh, there's ways around that. Don't you He's worry. been trying to get Brady's number from me for like three years. Oh, I've got it. I've got Brady's number. Don't you worry about that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> it's uh, going to be interesting to see, obviously, as, as uh, decision dates have been set. I, I think – Page is the only one that hasn't set a con- concrete decision date out of the 2023 uh, prospects. Now that Aaron just just had that breaking news about Jizzle tomorrow night, so good work, um, Aaron. Good work, Aaron. But November 16th, Cincinnati's playing at NKU, and if you remember that season when the Bearcats played at NKU that year, there's there's a little bar called Skyline Tavern up there on the hill. I tell you what, if there's a big NKU, you know. Bearcats over NKU that night, and also on top of that, some other good news. I, I, I feel bad for Skyline Tavern. There might be a uh, <laughs> historic <laughs> night there going wee into the early morning. So, um, yeah, a lot of good news. Are, are you saying you're, you might front. stay in Cincinnati that night? Thousand percent chance. I, <laughs> I, I, I might stay at Skyline Tavern if all things go well. Who knows? <laughs> Ask me if there's Sleeping a in, the bar in the parking lot. A little cot in the back. Yeah, there is a little parking lot there. Um, but yeah, so uh Flory visiting tomorrow, Chad. That's unofficial, correct? So it's just, that's not official, yeah. Yeah, just tour the campus and whatnot, uh and go from there. So be impressive if somebody else's first day at UC was tomorrow. Wouldn't that be impressive? Be interesting. Be nice. The innuendos are flowing. Yeah, we're good at that. Quite long. <laughs> we're good at that. And people can people can probably put two and two together, then then they figure it out. So if after sixteen years they can't put two and two together on me, like they're not they're not good at this. <laughs> not good at this. Um, All right, let's get to the mailbag. Yeah, let's get to. I I was gonna say any any other names of interest. I saw a few more names pop up, kind of more twenty twenty four, uh, basketball yeah. wise. I think it's just early. That's just that. part of the process. Yeah, yeah. So. Obviously, 2023, keep your eyes out. Flory on campus, Jizzle tomorrow night. Uh, Raymond in town this weekend. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. McKinley as well. McKinley just got offered by Auburn yesterday. So the country is hot out on Tyler McKinley, but Cincinnati has been on top of it since uh, day one. So So strange that they are so early on all of these guys who everyone else plays catch up on later. Right. And uh, man, it's like they're good at what they do or something. If you meet that mm-hmm. staff, it's uh, it's hard not to like them. A bunch of likable guys, even even my man Mike Roberts, great guy, but crazy in pictures. I tell you what, 
But anyway, let's uh, roll on into the mailbag, Aaron. Got that already all fired up. All right. The football portion of the mailbag. Let's start there, as always. Uh, was Royer successful in getting Alec to come to homecoming? That comes via T-Bearcats fans, too. Uh, I'd say so. I think he knows what he gets out of his fellow engineer. I think it could be a little enticing for him. So we're going to be sitting with each other at the game, catching up, talking ball, talking friendship, looking forward to it. Brent's immediately jealous on all sorts of levels. (laughs) Oh, no. No jealousy here. Just excitement. Excitement. All right. From LaxCat31, at what point do penalties and this team's lack of discipline finally reach its boiling point? Penalties have been the one thing Fickle hasn't conquered. And at some point, it's going to bite the team in the butt. Well, I heard the same thing in 2018. And I heard the same thing in 2019. Did bite us in the butt that game. Hi, Shaman. What, the, the... Which one? Shaman, uh, what's up, brother? What up, man? The, the, the Memphis game? It got you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It did kind of come back and hurt us that one. Um, yeah, 2020. Heard that then. The only year you guys weren't a high pen, one of the most penalized teams in the country was 2021. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. that's just been a, a thing. Like yeah. I, I think there's I think there's a difference though. Like we've talked about this before. If you're committing penalties of aggression, I, I don't think it's it, it's something that that Luke is all that overly uh, upset about. If it's false starts and illegal procedures and 12 right. men on the field and delay of games when you got a 40-second clock ticking, like, yeah, <laughs> that stuff is going to drive him nuts. If it's the other stuff, like, you know, yeah, like the, 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 some of the targeting and the, the like the Mulaney late hit was unnecessary. It was just dumb. That was stupid by the man. So <laughs> but then, like, like the Ivan Pace one, he gave a hand chuck to a guy that weighs two hundred seventy pounds that didn't even phase the guy. Like, what do we? Come on, this is football. These guys stick their heads in ceiling fans. <laughs> <laughs> Not all of us, Chad. There's only a few. Chosen few. Few, few, few who are wow. brave, <laughs> the fans. <laughs> but that's exact. You're exactly right, Chad. What you're saying is exactly the way Fickle talks about. It. He's like, I will take aggressive penalties all day. What I will not take is stupid penalties. Yeah. We still do have stupid penalties, but yes. I do think I do Those think need to be most up. of them. Yeah, most of them are aggressive penalties. Juice. Deuce wants to know if uh, we've got any room on the UC bandwagon. Sign a depressed Louisville football friend. That's my boy Deuce. I love him. It's my guy. Yeah. Yes, we have room. Come join us. It's All a right. lot of fun. Just until until yeah. Brom until Brom goes down to Louisville and the the King returns and all of a sudden everyone hops back on the bandwagon there. But yes. Um, but aside from that, uh, as far as penalties go. This past game, I think, is an outlier. Uh, that was just a physical. The official stunk. Yeah, and and it was weird. It was it was a weird game overall. There were late but, flags. There were anticipation flags. Like, right. Yeah, like like the one offsides. 
it was just like I, I don't know the, the whole thing. I thought like, the left tackle jump clearly. Yeah, but it was like you threw it like after the play was done. I I don't know. I'm just I was beside myself for a lot of the uh, the entire game. But um, aside from that, I think also is is a fact that when you all all flags are are up to the referee to call them and, and sure they say there's no bias there's nothing outside of it they call every game as as fair as what be and whatnot but when you have two elite corners and and, and sure supposedly the, the rest don't know names and whatnot i think they get a little bit more benefit of the doubt out there and when you have just just elite players and and name players this that and the other uh i don't know i think just as the team gets better and and, and wears through some some plays that get flagged now might not get flagged in the future if they're you know, ticky tack variety. So I, I think the number goes down in that sense. And then on top of it, as they just cohesion, you're starting to see it every week just with their play. That's the same with, with penalties as well. I think the cohesion will, will cut down on those penalties and just the, the awareness of being on the, t- on, on the field together will, will cut down on the pre-snap ones as well. So I think that number goes down throughout the year. It didn't this past week because it was a weird week. But I think over the year it will go down. Yes. Uh, anything to Miles Montgomery's lack of reps? He only had two in the Miami game and nothing since. Trust issues unavailable, and that comes from Jsag Cincy. Two guys are playing better. Go with the hot hand. Yep. Chuck and Corey have kind of established themselves as the go-to guys, and if you look, Luke's not really a three-back or four-back guy. Like it was. It was Warren and Dokes, and then it was Dokes and Ford, and then it was Ford, and really the only guy, other guy that got touches was was Montgomery, Ryan. was Monty. Yeah. Like, and Lucas said this. He said it in the the pre camp preview that I did with them. I'd like to find a lead back, and then you know a guy behind him as the change of pace. That's that's how they like to do things. It's it's like everybody asking why why won't he do a two quarterback system? That's it's not who he is. He believes in I I pick I have a competition. There's a winner of the competition, and that guy that wins the competition is quarterback one. And you know he is the one thing I think Ryan can attest to. That man is loyal as loyal as fiercely loyal when he tells you this is how I do things. And he's not going to vary from that really under any circumstance, is he? No, you're exactly right. And that's why he's going to be one of the best ever. Man of his word sticks to his guns. Tell the people, how important is that to a team? It's it's critical to have like a – that's what builds culture is honesty, is just being up in front with your guys and getting your guys to trust in you and – that's critical and it's what every great coach uh, has ever had to ever coach this great game. And that's why you're going to hear about Luke fickle in the future. And if you want to see what the opposite looks like, I give you Houston. <laughs> oh yeah. Holgerson. I have boys. That, he looks like I have boys that, yeah. well, I, like I have friends quit. that went to West Virginia and said Look they at, your puppy. at the bars like drinking, talking to college girls during the season. <laughs> that so. is an adorable puppy. What is it? Oh, is that a retriever 
Wiener. Got a, the hat got looks a, a little small for a gold. Got a golden retriever. Okay. A girl? Oh, looks really? like a girl. She her name is Bailey Lucille. Oh nice. little hyphen. She does she have a smaller head. Golden she yeah, should I have mean, a little bit bigger dome. She's only 13, 13 weeks old. She's a little she's tiny cute. one. She is. Well, she just wanted to make a guest appearance, but her on camera <laughs> debut. Her on camera debut, she'll be back. Don't you worry. <laughs> All right. She'll be making picks in two or three years. We'll figure that out. Uh, from Zach Jones, in the last BYU football game, the Cougars got a penalty because one of their players seriously got mad and threw his shoe. The How most think... BYU thing ever. <laughs> How do you... Who throws a shoe? I mean, honestly. Uh, but who? Do... How do you think Fick would respond if one of his guys did that and cost the team actual yardage on the field? Uh, he'd Royer? rip your ass. Rip your ass and then <laughs> uh, – yeah, he'd probably just rip your ass. That's about it, I'd say. Just call you uh, a stupid person. <laughs> don't do, don't do it again. But I don't think he'd like bench you or anything. I couldn't see him doing that. They had a uh, pretty awesome uniform reveal. I think uh, obviously Shark has my my heart with her uniform reveals, but their uniform reveal this past week was pretty cool. If you if you haven't seen it yet, the Trey Tucker Eminem. No, no, no. The uh, BYU's uniform oh, reveal. Gotcha. Uh, any insight as to why Coach Fick was laying into Justin Harris after the game from Bearcats 106? I think he was getting goaded into yeah. shenanigans. Yes, 100%. Maybe exchanging some taunting or trash talk after the whistle, final whistle. Coach Fick always loves to cut that out right away. Hey, enough! <laughs> Ryan, did you have any insider info on, on what was going on down there this, this past weekend? No, I was going to ask you guys. Like, I saw there was some, like, post-game scuffle. I, didn't, I don't know. Um, I, I forgot to ask. Not quite a Donnybrook. From what I heard, the fans were throwing stuff at the UC players as they entered the tunnel. And, to leave? Uh, yeah. And telling them how much they appreciated them <laughs> and their dominance atop the AAC. And then the Tulsa players tried to run into UC's path to get into their, their locker room. This and is after the game's over, right? It's after the game's over, yeah. Uh, and a fight was – it was close to brawl status. But from what I was told, the UC players just kind of brushed it off. Uh, as they wanted to get to the locker room and quote unquote get the fuck out of Tulsa for good. <laughs> did well? Did you see what what Philip Montgomery said? He, yeah, he tried to like. He's like yeah. he's like our some of our players had some family that was across the way, so they were just trying to get past the team, the Cincinnati team, yeah. to go say hi to their families. Who puts the the home team's families on the opposing team's bench? Who does? Nobody does that. A team that has the stadium the size of a high school stadium. Aaron, you can sit wherever you want. There was like eighteen people there. Oh, I was. I'm. A, I saw the game. I'm aware. I think they give away like free hot dogs or like one dollar fifty cent. They tried to throw like that? a carnival or whatever to get Oktoberfest. Yeah. Give me a break. They had twenty one thousand people there. What a joke. Tulsa, you're a fucking joke. All right, Briggs versus Corleone. Who wins a sumo oh. match? 
Corleone. I think you're right. I just don't yeah. think you can move him. I don't know that somebody as strong as Briggs can get him off his spot. I've seen three people. They tried to triple team him, and he didn't move. The dog. He didn't, he didn't get his normal two to three yards of, like, push, but he held his point of attack with three people trying to move him. Briggs is maybe the strongest human to ever play football at Cincinnati. I don't know that he could move him. Yeah. It'd be fun to watch. That's a great – yeah. And then somebody followed up with, like, them eating the Skyline order. Did you see the disdain (laughs) on Jawan Briggs' face? Well, he's not a Skyline guy. He's a Gold Star guy, and he let us know. But did you see the disdain on his face when he said, who let him do that? Yeah, That was the best. That was the best thing I've ever heard Jawan Briggs say. Who let him eat that way? <laughs> That's a great line. Uh, any rumblings on any freshmen starting to step up outside of JQ? Not really. Like we're not at that. Like the, the, Roy will tell you once. Once we're at this point, yeah. If if you ain't already up, like you're on the back burner. Yeah. You're waiting. And then spring ball comes around and it's go time. It's right. magnifying glasses on. Yeah. Right. But if you didn't make that impression in camp, and 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 here's the thing about this roster that we're still starting to like figure out. Also, least surprising thing last week uh in the Tulsa game, Amorian Smith got to play and, and got a penalty. Got a you got a per- yeah. I, I was Personal gonna say foul. that earlier. When they said it was him, I had texted my friends. I was fair. Like, oh, yep, that's I'm fair. Right. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's, that's, that's my bad. <laughs> that one's I haven't there. heard. I haven't heard you guys take on this. Why is that? Uh, like I just want to know what he's you a bad man. That's not a guy I would mess with. There's well, a campfire ground practice, if you will. You okay. didn't hear about the? Hey, Shaman. <laughs> <laughs> Shaman and Armorion had a little dust up at spring ball or at, at camp that was uh, physical. It's very physical. Okay. All right. It, it was, well, it I, was knew one was, of those... I knew he was a scrapper. I knew that. I just didn't know what story you guys had. One got sent to the showers and it wasn't Shaman. Yeah. Yes. One got sent to the showers and, and, you know, and then he tried to sneak back out and fix on, try to sneak back out. <laughs> That's and funny. I, I respect that, though. Like, oh, know. look, That's I good. love him. Like, Some guys he, has replaced, he has replaced Brian Cook as the one guy on the roster. Not messing with. Nope. Really? Although Cook, when Cook cut his hair, it took away some of that, like when he had the, the like predator. the predator look, yeah, yeah, and like it, it, he wasn't a dude until you got to know him, until he loosened up a little bit later in his career. He always had that stone face, yeah. like, oh, yeah, and he yeah, had yeah. The, the predator look, and you watched the way that he played, like, nah, man, I'm good. For me, it was yep. Curtis Brooks and the snarl, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I, you know, but that has transferred to Armorion. Okay. That and that and he had a hit on Miles Montgomery in spring ball that Miles had broken away for a long touchdown run, except Armorion didn't stop playing and hit him at like the four. And you know the end of the bubble where like you guys walk in where the table and the clock yeah. is, like yeah. sent him flying over into all of that. 
And it was like, <laughs> oh. All right. Oh, this, this guy's ser- like this guy's serious. He's he's not here for fun and games. Yeah. <laughs> no, he plays his ass off. I love that. He does. Him. I love it. I love it. He's he's very aggressive. Yeah, I was gonna say he's he's just now finally getting some reps out there on the field. So yeah, I mean it it takes a lot to to work your way up as a true freshman. From Cincy Seapaw. Uh, so forgetting about hurricanes and other tragedies that cause game days to move, what is normal in the Big 12? Game time still set approximate same time frame as they are for us in the American, or is it more of a set schedule? Days for games change much? 12, 3, 30, and 7 is pretty much standard TV operating procedure. You'll see some variation on that, but college football games as a as – a, you know, general rule, start at one of three times, 12, 3, 30, and 7. Now, if they expand into the West Coast, that could change, right? Well, of course, but right. that, you know, 10, 30 is the – it's every three and a half hours starting at noon. Uh, do you see the defense giving up more than 70 points for the rest of the regular season? And that's from everyone's favorite UC, Mark, 17. That's 10 points a game for the rest of the season, Royer. What do you got? Uh, you could get close. I, 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 could, I would go with more of the 100 would be my. Yeah. I mean, I think, though, I think they're gonna, going to. Because, I mean, you had, you had games last year, like, randomly Navy scored 20. Like, yeah. USF scored 28. Like, yeah. you know, it's going to be where you have that, you know, random outlier game here or there. And even get up yep. by a bunch. And then the opposing team scores a couple garbage touchdowns. And yeah. Playing UCF at the bounce house, too. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, can you give me three reasons why this year's front seven may be better than last year? Uh, last year's front seven, including the two deep. Oh. Mm, man, I mean, performance, performance, the D-line is doing better. But I, it, it'd be hard for you to tell me, like, these guys are better than Myjay, Curtis Brooks in terms of just raw. Like, those are two NFL guys. I mean, these guys could – we don't know what they're going to turn into, if they're going to be as good as them, but they're definitely, right. like, making a name for themselves. Right. Uh, I think, I think um, Beavers is better. I think Beavers is performing better than Will's performing right now. But I think Pace is performing better than Joel because Pace is playing better than anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think DP and Ty are both they're playing they're both playing as good as they did last year. Just I got, I got a question for you around. on that. I got a question for you on that. Those two guys had 167 tackles or whatever combined last year, um, which we all thought was almost humanly impossible. How much of that do you think was teams looking and saying, not going to beat Kobe, not going to beat Sauce, probably not going to beat Arquan because, you know, he's just, he's equally as good at, at nickel. We're not throwing anywhere near Brian Cook. Like, if we're going to try to do something, it's maybe in that strong side linebacker spot. Yeah. No, because that's, that's where point. we feel we have, you know, at least a little bit of an advantage. 
uh, or we're going to run that way uh, because it's the opposite side of, of where Cook was usually. Um, like a, a lot of people are looking at their tackle numbers being down. I, I wonder how much of that is just the ball. Well, remember how much? Yeah. A lot more than it was last year. Ball didn't go to the boundary much at all. Ever. Last year. Yeah, so they're and they're in a great spot to make tackles at all different levels at all different right. spaces on that field side of the football. So they were way more involved last year. Yeah. Not that they're not play like that's the thing. Like people like it's easy for when you're you're like a corner and you're like, oh, I'm not getting targets. Like that's good. And like kind of like the less you see of them, the better. Like they're playing. That's not. That's not the same for like linebackers and stuff. It's so. I does just because they might not be make, making as many tackles doesn't mean they aren't playing as good. And the ball because the ball is not going to be coming over there as much as it did before. So they're both. I know they're both playing well. They're both doing their jobs. They're not making mistakes. That's that's what you want them to do. And the plays are going to come because they're just Ty and uh, Deshaun are both great great football players. All right. Uh, the over and under on Ben's touchdown total. What's he at What's right he now? At? I didn't do my homework on that. Anybody want two dogs? <laughs> for however long it takes for Kelly to get out of the hospital because every noise that happens outside, they believe is Kelly coming home. <laughs> Ben's at 13. Okay. So 13 through five, seven left. We set the over under. Des threw 30 last year on the dot. I think 30 is the place to set the over under. I'll go over. I'm guessing 32. Yeah, if we're doing 30 and a half, I'll take the over. Yep. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I say it ends up over that. If we're doing 32 and a half, now we're, getting interesting. now we're getting interesting. 31, uh, let's 31 and a half. I'm still going over. I think there's going to be a I'm game where like, Ben just goes wild and throws for like five or six. Might be this weekend. Saw what, be. Could very well be South Florida. <laughs> saw what Holton Aylers did. Like, Holton Aylers went for six. 460 and six touchdowns. Sheesh. It's a good day. Not a bad day. Uh, Royer, specifically for you, uh, in your opinion, how much is the running game missing Renfro? I know we did talk about that earlier. I think it is. I keep forgetting. Like, it's like he hasn't played all season, so it's like you're like, oh, it's no- like this line is like technically like normal for this year. And I keep forgetting that, like, just imagine, like, your best lineman not, not being there. Like yeah. He is. He was their best lineman. So we don't have to imagine definitely... it. It's happening. Yeah. And and, that... and and Gavin is playing a position he's never played in real life before. Well, and yeah. the fact that he's looking so good there too, to the point where it's like, if you yeah, pop but... him over to guard, where he could, yeah. you know, where he should be playing, playing. right? Yeah. He just takes it to a whole different level. I, I think it's going to be interesting next year. Who plays center and who plays left guard? I don't think it's, it's guaranteed that it's Renfro. At center, really, and you would bump I, Renfro like maybe out to with left the guard? injury history, you move him to left guard and give him a little bit less of a you know a, a a load physically. 
I can't see I can't see Renfro letting that happen. I just see him coming yeah. back and being healthy and going at it. Yeah, I'm just like just from a like a. No, I know what you mean. It's fair. They moved I mean, Mets in. He did. Kelsey did it. Yeah. Kelsey made that move between guard and center while he was here. Yeah. Like it's it's pretty interchangeable is what those guys say that you you need to know yeah. how to play right left well, and center. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe as a way to like give his body a little bit of a break, like yeah, that's a good point. Gavin has handled center really well. Like I, I it gives you an interesting option. Yeah, I think is what I'm saying. Yeah, that you know maybe maybe it is something that they take a look at in in spring ball or or in camp next year. I don't. Know. I guess options are good, especially yep. along the offensive lines. Having depth and versatility. And the ability to do different things is a very good thing. I think Jake would be a monster at guard. Yeah, he would be. He'd be, yeah. He's a great player. They're they're missing him for sure. Yeah. And he's a great leader. Yeah, he is. Great person. Bath299 asks, any thought as to why the lack of screen game also feels like Ben is more of a rhythm passer? When we try and force the run game, do you think it hurts Ben? Uh, right. I don't think it hurts Ben. I think I Ben either. is just a pure talent. I think he's ready to throw the ball at all times from under center or in the gun. Um, I think we need to, I think we need the run game people. We need to know that we need to get back to an improved run. We need to improve the run game to get it back on the levels that it's been um, in, in the past couple of years. I think it's going to be big for our offense. It's going to be big for our passing game. Because we can't have Ben back there throwing the ball fifty times. We need it. We need a good running game. Oh God, Dave! Dave just bringing the thunder. Nineteen FCS teams are ranked higher than USF in the Sagarin ratings. Wow. FCS like Kennesaw State, right? Type teams. Nineteen are rated above USF in the USF Sagarin ratings. should have beaten Florida, and that's with USF playing a game they should have beaten Florida. That um, is holy cow bad. That's the football portion of the mailbag. It was uh, a moving, big one today. Moving to the basketball. Um, cut out some of the questions asking about progress for players. I, as, I, just, right, I haven't seen it. Right, right now it's really, really tough to say. Um, Kindog202 asks, I assume there are not going to be any exhibition games this year or secret scrimmages in the works. Yes, there are secret scrimmages in the work. One of them I maybe Mick Walker could cover. I don't know. Um, yeah. The other one, Aaron, you might be able to cover. Ah! Hmm. Fair enough. Okay. I, uh, need any more I don't. I don't know how. I, I couldn't be any more like blatant about those. Two that guys. was that. I mean, that wasn't even at this point. They're not even secret, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> I'd I'd be really interested in the one that Mick Walker could cover. Uh, I would too. I think that would be a really good one. A more really telling good than, one to watch. More telling yeah. than anything out this way. Uh, Bearcat Lodge ADS, what does the big man rotation look like going into the start of the season? How does this staff find minutes for Kalu, Odie, Vic, Sage, Hensley, and Reed? If Davenport plays the four, is this Very most carefully. is this most difficult roster decision the staff has had to make in terms of who plays? Can Nolly or Newman see action at the four in a smaller lineup in which the two and four are interchange two through four are interchangeable? Uh, potentially, I know that is. Hensley and Reed are going to be at the four. 
Kalu, Odie, and Vic, I think Kalu can play some four or five. Odie can play some four or five. I think they spend most of their time at the five. Vic's health is uh, the question mark, but that has been, uh, has not been um, a major issue this offseason for the first time. So I think they're feeling a little bit better about Vic's longevity and, and ability to kind of to, to play a little bit more. We'll see. I mean, a lot of that is going to be determined over this month. Like, guys are going to have to battle for those spots as we go through practice and, and heading into the season. Um, I Nolly at the four, he doesn't like it. He, he feels like he's better suited at the three. Um, I do think he's bought in enough that if they say we're going to run more of a four guard, like we're just going to need, we're going to need you to guard a four, but we're going to play you more as a three. Um, I think you can get buy-in from him on that, but I think that's a fine line. You better make sure it works. Uh, this is a guy that talked about the negative energy he carried last season right. at Memphis. So that is a fine line. Like wh whether you like it or not, that is, Royer, you know, playing guys out of position, you should have been a quarterback, but they played you a linebacker. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Dez would have had the career he had here if it wasn't for that. So you're welcome, Dez. I would have right? stole the show. <laughs> or Drone Ford would have been stealing the carries at running. Oh, yeah, I know. Right? Um. So, yeah, that's the basketball portion of the mailbag. Just, again, here, because here most go, people – most people are asking about progress and when you're only running defensive stuff, it's really hard to say. Um, Aaron, I want to thank you for the AAC recap on YouTube. Watching your soul leave your body during the show gives me great joy. Thanks. Was it more fun to do with Dave than me? Um, I mean, it was. it's like the same. N neither of you care. For Dave's only, you don't care. Well, I, no one cares. That's the thing, right? Oh yeah, we care. But skins, Dave's, it's happening next year, baby. Dave's whole response is, yeah, they stink. Um, okay, thanks. That's that's an in-depth <laughs> coverage. Appreciate brought, you. brought only from Dave Simone. Um, but yeah, I mean, nobody wants to cover it. The people who get paid to cover it don't want to cover it. Like, there's no hope for that conference. Christ Almighty, I'm not covering it next year. Rapid fire, pan regular or thin crust pizza? Regular, hand tossed, if that's the option. Mostly regular hand tossed. <laughs> I think hand tossed is considered regular, right, Ryan? Yeah, I'd hope. Pan. I like a good pan. I like a good thin. Like I like a good New York style. When I think regular, I think New York style, right? Yeah. Pick it up, oh. you fold it, you fold it. New York the, Styles the regular. That's yeah, a little thing, one of those. <laughs> what do you Pro think is regular, Brent? Just like, like Papa John's pizza. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's day regular. of re that's day of reckoning man. pizza. <laughs> oh my god. Right. Um proctology exam or Aaron having to do AAC re recaps next year. Neither's Aaron happening. Doing proctology AAC exam. Next year. <laughs> I appreciate you, Ryan. I really want Aaron to talk about that riveting, like Rice North Texas meeting that has. I know. I'm excited. Last of all, what's your favorite donut? Mm. I like a good Boston cream. Long chocolate. 
Blueberry donut. I love blueberry. Like a, a blueberry cake donut. Yeah. Like a blueberry, a glazed blueberry donut. Oh, okay. Little, little yeah. cake donut. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I like the cake variety. Maybe a. Uh... Although Brent, you know, like the the peanut butter fluff. Yeah. At Titus. We we found out about pretty undefeated. Brent's affinity for cake last week. Anyway. <laughs> I do. I do like that. That cake, 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 cake. Uh, cake follow up cake. question: Assuming the YouTube money tree continues to grow and Chad starts a spinoff of the show Drunk History and makes it about you, see what is the first episode? Who is the guest host? And what story are they telling? Oh, it, it would have to be a Kelsey brother. Sure. Those are the two most legendary drinkers in the history of the program. Although uh, I've heard Connor Barwin was right up there with Jason. Like yeah. as the ultimate, like I would, I would give a million dollars to have a camera crew that followed around Barwin and Jason Kelsey for their drinking escapades over four years on campus. Hey, I, I I'm gonna promote myself here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna ask some of the ask some of the guys. Is all I'm gonna say. Don't go. sleep on three five. You can put them back with the best of them. Here we go. I, I'm not doubting you at all. I'm not doubting you at all. I got it in any way, shape, or form. I I just heard Kelsey and Barwin, like it was like a, a beer every five minutes type deal when those <laughs> two went out and got after it. I love. I it. think I, I know both of those guys fairly well. They're both nuts. Like. Love that. Nuts. Uh, Travis, one talking about the Duke game and, and how it just murdered everyone's hearts when he galloped into the end zone and then the touchdown afterwards. Everyone's the betting hearts. The, the yeah, ultimate the, bad beat. The yeah. ultimate bad beat. Uh, I think I think to, to kind of throw it a little weird, like like you and Quadri Moore, you, you might have to add in some additional things on top of I don't, that I don't that think episode. Quadri Moore's weapon of choice was alcohol. I know. I was gonna say it might have to be like the 420 edition or something like that. But, <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't think alcohol was the defining uh, substance of Quadri Moore's collegiate Quad experience. Squad, baby. I don't know. Yeah. A show on a show on drunk history, having the uh, general of the previous regime, might be fascinating. Just saying. Um, that's how we It'll call. It. That's that, that's how we move it along. Uh, <laughs> and the last question in the mailbox. Comes from Demonk55. Can we prank call someone live? <laughs> yeah, we can. I mean, it would have to be like on our phone into a microphone. <laughs> like, I, the only way we can get them in here is if we send them a link and they click on it and then like agree to come into the room. We'll workshop that with Ryan and see if we can't get somebody. <laughs> We're going to have to, you're going to have to do some research here. <laughs> like we could prank Luke, but the problem is if I prank Luke, it's gonna be my phone number. And then like how would I get him to talk to Ryan <laughs> in the process? I mean it would have to be someone else's number. Yeah. Prank call. I could prank Ryan. <laughs> and you'd have to have permission from Zach and all sorts of hoops that you have to oh, go. Oh yeah, through. we'd get in so much trouble. Man. I mean, we almost, the Rocket Truth guys almost got us in trouble on Thursday. For what? With what? They had Bari on, but they didn't like clear it with anybody. What do they need so to? So they clear? just 
like I in order to have somebody on the network, we have to at least go through the SID. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, yeah. I couldn't He'll just say have yes you on. more often. You think not, I could yeah. just have you on at any point while you were a player? Yeah, <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> now you would have probably been a, like it wouldn't have been hard. Like, can we have right. Royer on? Right. I mean, yeah. I think technically you can, but it would be fun. No, upon. I can't no. because I get yelled at. I get right. I get right. yelled at. Right. It'd be frowned upon. Yeah. But like. Like, I mean, at IU, I remember the whole big thing was, like, there was a radio show that had Victor Oladipo on, and they immediately got taken off the whole entire student radio station because they were like, right. that's not how you go about doing this. So, right. it's a... Uh, I like the access that we have. I'm not trying to fuck it up. Yeah. So, like, we had, I had, when I they tweeted it out, they're like, we got Bari on tonight. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> I had to go behind the scenes, contact Zach, be like, hey, Sapi and the boys are having... Sappy and Statty Daddy are having having Jabari on. <laughs> Returning guest Jabari. And he's like, who's Statty Daddy? And I'm like, that's a long story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, but yeah, it worked out. It was a really good interview. Jabari's great. Like Jabari's yeah. great. Yeah, he is. Such a good dude. Yeah, his line best. on the Let It Fly was was one of the best. All right, 215. Let's. Yep. Get us right. out of here. That's the mailbag. Homecoming week. Big time weekend. By next week, 19 FCS teams ranked above. USF don't take them lightly, but it's a big weekend coming ahead in numerous reasons yet again. Uh, anything else, guys? We're going to close this one out. We all good? Nope. I got all nothing. Right. Tomorrow night, 9 o'clock, Aaron. You have, maybe? Uh, it's, that's already been sent to me. They want to go at 9. Tomorrow night, 9, 9, 9 p.m. Tomorrow night. There you go. PTP. Lock it in. But I might have to compete. I might have to go live. I think we're going through. Uh, I think we're going through. We're going to try we and gonna... combine combine forces. Okay. Yeah. We might be live on the Bearcat Journal YouTube page as well for 9 o'clock tomorrow night. Okay. There we go. There Smart is. idea. Smart idea. As uh, as the, uh, the thinking face might have. Told you, stay tuned. But anyway, um, big shout out as well to Danco Transmission, Danco Joe, as always. Big thank you to them. Uh, but for my guys, my partners, Mr. Aaron Smith, Mr. Chad Brendel, and of course, Ryan Royer. I am Brent Young. Yet again, another fantastic BBP presented by BearcatJournal.com. See ya!